1: Uh, everything's under control. Situation normal. What happened? Uh, hit a slight weapons malfunction.
0: Don't forget to join Yes Have Some Group Therapy, the official Facebook discussion group for Yes Have Some Podcast. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at YHS Podcast. And to make sure you get that download automatically every week, subscribe to Yes Have Some through your favorite podcast app, including iTunes, Stitcher, and Spotify.
1: Do you want some uh, coffee, Mister Tully?
2: Do I? Yes, have some. Yes, have
1: some. From the corner penthouse of Spook Central, all the way to Star Killer Base, it's time for another episode of Yes Have Some podcast. The only place in the multiverse where you can love the book, hate the movie, but still buy all the toys. So hold on to your butts and get ready to get stressed. With the YHS crew, Craig Goldberg, Jacob Walsh, and me, Abigail Gardner.
0: Um, I don't know. Okay, there he is. Uh, yes. No you pilot. You agree? I agree.
1: I'm, I'm uh, wonderful. <laughs> I'm your co-host.
0: Tell me why you're so wonderful.
1: Because I'm here, I showed up, I recorded a new intro, so you're welcome, everybody. I uh-huh. hope you enjoyed that. Oh, there cool. Yeah. cool. Put okay.
0: uh, get your towels out.
1: Oh, you're gonna need them. Uh,
0: Jacob Walsh, what's up, buddy? Hey, uh, Jaws two was released
3: in 1978.
0: There oh. we go. Just like I said, Just 1978. Like <laughs> um, 81 must have been something else. Yeah, it was another movie. That was another movie. I like yeah, another movie other... more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake, what's up, man? How are you? I Raiders uh, of the Lost I'm, Ark. I'm okay. Okay, you're okay. You're okay. Mm-hmm. I'm good. Um, Listen, here's the situation. We're not going to waste any time here. Um, We did not do a Last Jedi breakdown right when it was released because, as everybody knows...
1: We were all having a breakdown.
0: We were all having breakdowns. We were having (laughs) breakdowns, exactly. Um, The movie is out. We wanted to let the dust settle. We wanted to make sure we all saw it at least twice before we kind of had an in-depth conversation. Uh, But here's the fact. We've got a new Star Wars movie. We waited two years for it. Abby right now is on the Die Hard Wikipedia for some reason. Sure am. Uh, so before we get in The Last Jedi. I'm
1: switching over to The Last Jedi Wikipedia just well, for all of hold you. Hold on.
0: Let's let's edge this a little bit. Why I were you on the Die Hard Wikipedia? Just out of curiosity. Because I
1: just watched it for the first time over Christmas break, oh, okay. and I really liked it.
0: It's very good.
1: I get it. Mm-hmm. Like, it's really well written. I understand why everyone's yep. kind of obsessed with it. So I think, I think it might be my new Christmas movie.
0: Really? Yeah, i there's really always. Liked it. A, so every year there's that discussion of whether or not Die Hard actually is a Christmas movie, and I saw that the writer of Die Hard this year on Twitter confirmed that it is a Christmas movie. I personally don't give a fuck. I just like it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I would watch I, Die I Hard would, in July. You maybe. know
3: what? Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't care if he's the writer or not. I don't think it's a Christmas movie, but that doesn't mean you can't watch it at Christmas.
1: It's better than most Christmas movies. So yeah, yeah, I enjoyed it.
0: Yeah, what's another Christmas movie that's not a, like some people don't consider Gremlins a Christmas movie. I think Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Oh
1: though. yeah. There's snow. Definitely.
0: I mean, you, you could you could just you could say that any movie that takes place
3: around Christmas is a Christmas movie, but I think in order to like call it a Christmas movie, it should probably the plot of the movie should maybe have something to do with
0: Christmas. So is you know what I mean? Of the
3: Christ a Christmas movie? That's a Christ I mean it's a Christ movie.
0: <laughs> I don't know. Here's my argument about Gremlins. The opening song in the movie Gremlins, the first word of the song is Christmas. Yes. Hey, Christmas movie. (laughs) So that's a Christmas movie. Sure.
1: Uh, Why is John McClane, isn't he there? Is it like a Christmas break? Isn't that like a some part of it?
0: There's a party or something.
1: Isn't isn't it for a party? party. It's a big part.
0: Here's here's what I just realized. Mm -hmm. Why do we not have a diehard Gremlins mashup movie?
1: Ooh, that's what I was thinking. Guy Harvey's felt like just Gremlins like too. Old
3: John McClane fighting Gremlins, fighting Gremlins, yes, in, in the Clamp Tower.
1: Yes,
0: yeah. well yes. because he's used to being <laughs> trapped in a tower. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he could be doing a whole speech. He's oh, like, oh, they should
1: have sent him in instead of the old man, like the uncle, you know, inside of the. Uh, yeah,
0: I I like that mashup idea, but w- mm-hmm. listen, guys, that's another story for okay. another day.
1: Yeah, it's another mashup.
0: Right now, we're going to talk about Star Wars The Last Jedi. I want to get right into the meat of this thing, okay? I want to dive deep. We have a lot of opinions. This thing is polarizing. But the Dude, first... we have like
1: 160 comments or something on our thread on uh, group therapy. So I read through all of those comments, too. So I'm, I'm prepared. You're prepared. I, f- I hope I'm prepared.
0: You're prepared. Jake, are you prepared? No. All
1: right. <laughs> okay.
0: Here's the first question I want to throw to the group. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, episode eight. God, it feels weird still saying that. Mm-hmm. We were never supposed to get these movies. The Last Jedi. Here's the question. Jacob Walsh, are you ready? Oh, boy. Would you eat a porg?
3: Fuck. No. Okay, thank God. Yeah, because you're vegan <laughs> because the I world.
0: Mm-hmm. I am, yeah. Um, Abigail?
1: Absolutely no fucking way, dude, no. I have a porg on board. I'm a porg parent at this point. <laughs> I don't know if you guys noticed, but I put up some pictures. I got the Porg on board. I said, if we're talking about Porgs, we that lo- moment. Hey,
0: hey, we are.
1: We are. Okay. We all knew about Porgs before we saw the movie, so this is not spoiler territory yet. But when we saw the That's t-
0: not true. Hold on. I'm going to interrupt you. We saw The Last Jedi with my buddy, Carrie. Great guy. He avoided all trailers for Star Wars The Last Jedi. He did not see one preview, one piece of marketing, one toy or anything. Mm-hmm. We're at the theater. He buys the limited edition Regal Cinema Star Wars The Last Jedi Cup. Yes. The top of the cup has Chewbacca with a Porg on his shoulder. Oh,
3: yes. boy. What was his uh, so reaction He to that? sits
0: down and Abby points at it and goes, look, Porg. And he goes, what? And she goes, Porg. There's the, a porg the on porc. Chewbacca, and he goes, "Well, I don't know what that is." And I was just like, "You just ruined the movie for me."
1: <laughs> but no, props to Carrie for being able to do that because like, there's no way that I could stay no. abstinent oh, from God. that information. Um, also, yeah, so no, that moment when the porg like falls and like is flattened against the window, yeah. I was like, "That is going to be a suction cup character in the store, and I'm going to buy it like as soon as I see it." And then we saw it, and I bought it. You did it. So good cute. prediction. Yeah, it was a good call on my part. Do you think
0: it, in, uh, in high school now, you know, they, in, in the South, for those who don't know, in the South, they teach abstinence only in sexual education? Yeah, you I've you had a they, promise ring. Do you think they teach that in schools now about uh, trailer hype? Oh, like you stay away, stay away. <laughs> and don't listen
1: to podcasts that talk about it and, like, don't go into a movie <laughs> expecting anything. Yeah,
0: exactly. They
1: should. It would make for, like, uh, Because honestly, yeah, people, if you don't wait,
0: health. it's not as
1: special.
3: It's true. Yeah. All right. You're right. We've completed Did you guys Did you guys? Uh, did you guys read the article about why the porgs even exist?
1: Yes, and I love it. It's to cover yeah. up the puffins.
3: But yeah, to cover up puffins. Was.
1: Jake, what the fuck? Yeah. A pu- to, what's a puffin?
3: Well, it's a bird, Craig. Oh. It's a small bird that kind of looks like a porg, but with like a beak. <laughs>
0: yeah. 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 That's Do a you, puffin. George Lucas is gonna come out and be like, "Well, guys, that's why we had Ewoks." Yeah, you know, we <laughs> we're just were, trying to recover up. Fucking we were bears covering up the characters. <laughs> there was tiny bears all over the place. So many bears. Oh God, he is a disgruntled uh, asshole, is he not? Yeah. Wait, Anyways. so Jake,
1: you think it's lame to just to invent the porg as a cover up or you know
3: what? Do you think uh, but do you think George Lucas was watching so, like, do you think maybe he watched Force Awakens and he was like, mmm, this, ain't, this ain't so good. And then he's like <laughs> – he's watching, like, uh, The Last Jedi like, yes. and he's like, fuck, this isn't so good. And then he gets to, like, the casino planet. He's like, hey, this is pretty good. This
1: is pretty this good, is pretty good hey. Hey. He probably
0: He probably likes that part. He probably likes that part. He likes
1: that part. Uh, well, there, hey.
0: Before we dive into this – You know this, who
1: else likes that part?
0: Who? Maybe me. Oh, there you go. I didn't oh hate it. We're going to get into <laughs> all oh, of this. I I kind of want to break down this movie a little bit. Like, I want to go – uh, scene by scene. This is going to be Let's an eight-hour podcast. Let's but before it. we get there, I did want to say um, a lot of – one of the main complaints coming out of some of the hardcore fans is that they did not think Luke would go into exile like that, even though every other fucking Jedi in history has gone into exile. But um, it did come out this week, and it's in the art book that I still haven't picked up for uh, Last Jedi. The original plans that George Lucas had for Episode Seven. Was for Luke to go into exile at a Jedi temple, and for him to for it was almost the same thing as Last Jedi. Now they released some concept art. Uh, George Lucas's Jedi temple looked a little bit different than what we got. It was more along the lines of a, was
1: it a whole planet made out of temple?
0: <laughs> Basically, okay. it was a li- It looked like the prequels. Oh, it was okay. a prequel temple. Got cool, um, but we'll get there. Let's just start this off right off the bat. How do you – how should we do this? Should we say – should we give it a thumbs up, thumbs down? What do you guys do? One to ten? How do you like to rank these movies? I cannot you, rank this movie in yeah, any like conventional to, I, kind of way.
1: I would – exactly. I'd like, right. like to stand Let me just down start say with I this. don't want to do that. Why don't we go back to where we were going into this because I know that we recorded a podcast right before right, where Abby. we talked about going Fine. into this. You've what now hijacked were. the
0: show. Do
1: you did we get answer it's, it's our show
0: too. <laughs> no, no, no. No, no, no,
1: I'll give you This is, the guys, reins.
0: this is Yes Have Some's show. Mm-hmm. The entity. And all of us hijack it whenever we want.
1: hmm Abigail. <laughs> hmm
0: Where were you going to Last Jedi?
1: I was going into this movie 100% focused on Rey and what her last name might be and, like, what her bloodline was because I feel like a lot of moviegoers and star Wars fans. That was like a huge question mark coming out of the force awakens. And because we have like forums, like group therapy and other places to talk as fans in our communities, like everybody was wondering about kind of the same things. And so I went into this movie with kind of that criteria, the first viewing of like, all right, so I want to find out more about Snoke. I want to find out more about Ray and I want to watch her train with Luke more than anything So I had expectations going into this movie and watching this movie the first time, listening to other people's reactions and then going and seeing it a second time. I feel like it's been kind of like a lesson in how to watch movies and how to maybe change expectations. And maybe it's made me take a step back and wonder if I was seeing the movie wrong the first time because I kind of felt like The Force Awakens was a blur this movie The Last Jedi the first time I watched it it felt like a blur and I came out really I felt like Ray, like in that mirror room like just staring at reflection after reflection of like I don't I'm not sure I'm not sure how I feel like wanting to find more answers and I saw other people echoing that like on our comment thread so if we're giving it a rating or a grade I don't really want to because that stresses me out and I don't know if I'm ready to yet I kind of and I don't know if that means that I have that abuse victim thing right now. If I'm like I have to go back and see it more and more and more and more. Because I've been through that. I went through answer the call. We all did. So the fact that we have a safe place to talk about this, I think, is really good because I think this movie's polarizing.
0: It's not that safe here. Um Jake, <laughs> <laughs> well, what? I don't it's feel not safe. safe. I don't feel safe.
1: Jake, you better love it.
0: <laughs> no, no, this guys, this is safe. Uh Jake, where what was your mindset going into I feel like I feel like the people who listen to Yes Have Some podcasts want to know uh, these things, mm-hmm. right? Um, Jake, what, what was your mindset going into this movie?
3: Go, I mean, going in, it was kind of. I almost feel like this movie snuck up on us. And I mean, you know, we were at celebration when we saw the trailer, and and I, and I think that the first trailer was really, it was good. But I remember being underwhelmed with that second trailer. I just remember I, we talked right. about it on the show. I remember right. just thinking it was a weird – it was a weird choice. It makes sense now because the whole fucking movie is kind of like that. Not like necessarily bad, but it's just weird and differently put together. But going going into it, I was just like – no part of me was like, yeah, I'm not going to like this. There, I, I wasn't really nervous. I was just like – uh, I was like, "Hey, Force Awakens was amazing," and I was just kind of expecting another uh, similar feeling um, after watching it. You know, I was just I was just like, you know what? I'm about to go watch Star Wars movie. And this is gonna be and it's gonna be
0: good. Yeah, I think I think I was in that boat too. I think I have completely fallen head over heels for Star Wars over the last couple years. There's a direct correlation between me sitting in the theater for Force Awakens and being extremely exciting... Exciting? I was being such an exciting person that day. Uh, being very excited for Force Awakens. and I've really ramped up my fa- my personal fandom. I've always loved Star Wars. But as far as collecting, we went to Celebration. We have followed the developments uh, more closely. I got into watching Rebels, the animated series, which, if anybody knows me, is completely against... The grain of what I would normally do, because mm-hmm. uh, I always fall asleep when I watch cartoons.
1: You you have trouble following through on animated stuff. I so. do. So
0: I I'm a, I've become a huge Star Wars fan, and my anticipation level for this movie was the, those last couple days was absolutely insane, and it really makes it hard to sit in a movie and process it that first time. I know a lot of people have gone back and seen this movie multiple times. And you can say, hey, if you have to go see a movie three or four times to appreciate it, then, you know, then it's not a good movie. And maybe that's true. I know we've talked about Answer the Call uh, ad nauseum. And uh, I saw that movie in theaters five times. And it was because I love it and I need to make sure that I love it. And I'm going to keep seeing it and I love it and it's so good and everybody else is wrong. And then, like, six months later I was like, no, it's not. it's not really that good. I was fooling myself. So – it's really hard with these Star Wars movies because you sit there, the screen goes black, you see a long time ago in a galaxy far, far away, and for I can't speak for you guys, but Jesus. for me, my heart sinks
3: instantly it like it's- they instantly even even though you absolutely hundred percent know that is how every Star Wars movie is ever going to start. You're not ready for it. You're
0: not ready. Yes. And then the scroll starts and it's like –
1: Well, that – first of all, it signifies that the build-up's over. Like all that time of it could be perfect. It could be anything you want it to be. And And how did Star Wars get away
0: with – like how many movies in the world are you sitting there with your heart beating, you're sweating because you're really excited to read? I can't wait to read yeah. what's about to happen. And I'm
1: always so distracted that I'm like, wait, I'm not absorbing this. And then I see Leia's name and I fucking get choked up. I'm about to I cannot wait to
0: read three paragraphs before <laughs> watching this movie. So, pumped. Uh, so just right off the bat, with that kind of level of anticipation, it's really hard to process these kinds of movies the first go around. Mm-hmm. Um, at least for me. I don't yeah. want to speak for you guys, but
1: also, stray observation. All the trailers leading up to a Star Wars premiere, you're like, oh, this this could be good. Like you're more optimistic. Oh yeah, right,
0: right, right. Like, oh, this like, looks like it's better. Yeah, like they show that Matt Damon movie where everybody's I'm tiny. See that? And you're like, oh, <laughs> good for them. Yeah. They, I mean, you know, they're just doing what they can to make it in the world, and they're tiny now. That's fun. <laughs> um, let's talk about it. <laughs> let's just talk about the opening scene. Uh, it's a big space battle. Poe Dameron, he's got BB-8 with him. This seemed to be one of the more long uh long-winded space battles that we've ever seen in a star wars movie mm-hmm. um i fell in love with it immediately i don't know jake i know you said you had a couple issues with it uh the first time you saw the movie did it whole what did you change your mind on it <clears throat> the second time
3: yeah i felt better about it the first the first time i saw it it just it just felt like it was long it just felt like it was too long to me and i and i think the whole time i was like cool uh, where's Luke Skywalker? <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, I was like, this is cool. Yeah, this is fine. Uh, I want to see Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Um, I like the first battle. I think it's pretty great. Yeah. It it all, it's all good stuff. And it's a little different than this, you know, it's, it's not just ships, you know, chasing after other ships. There's, there's a little more going on.
0: Mm-hmm. Um well, you're you kind know, of after... thrown into the middle of like a war scene,
3: basically. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, you are. And I mean, but you also got like, you know, you got Poe and he's like trying to take out the, the the guns on the on the dreadnought and you know it's it's not just ship after ship so it's it's not it's nice to see something a little different in a space battle
0: right yeah um I you right off the bat so we talked a lot about like okay so we fil- we just filmed uh, a three part YouTube series that's all Star Wars related we'll be filling everybody in on the details soon the first episode will be out soon but one of the things we have talked about a lot recently is how different Empire Strikes Back is from A New Hope, as far as right off the bat, it's filmed differently. It's shot differently. The scenes, the settings, everything feels different in that movie. I get that vibe right off the bat in The Last Jedi. Mm-hmm. Ryan Johnson is a different filmmaker than J.J. Abrams. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think some of the off putting things that some people have been going through is just the fact that visually, there are. Things that are different in this movie than you would normally see in a Star Wars movie, even the way the first shot kind of pans downward over the ships, and then the way the X-wings come in, and you see that one part where like Poe Dameron like flies around the corner, almost like Tokyo Drift style Uh with an X-wing. Yeah, spins his X-wing around. It's very cool, but we've just never seen that before. And with something like Star Wars, where it starts off so familiar and so like. I know I know a long time ago in a galaxy far far away I know the scroll I know this music and then it's like whoa this is different mm-hmm. you know so I understand why some people immediately were taken aback with
1: especially with that first viewing it's it's jarring uh, things that feel un star wars-esque or whatever that shots like that which aren't necessarily bad they're just different choices and I think that as fans of something that is this big we I guess we have to accept that it's it the force will be ever-evolving and the way that it works and the way that things are in this universe can change as subject to the different directors that they choose. So it's really important, and it's really stressful. Like, because of those jarring things and, like, some of the parts of this movie that felt, I don't know, edited weirdly or, like, just a little offbeat or something I couldn't quite put my finger on, like, elusive or evasive or unsatisfying, like... It's... uh, it's, it's kind of a conundrum because if you – when going back, it's like, oh, once I know that those things are there or that I'm not going to get what I was maybe expecting, it's a, it's still an enjoyable film to watch. So the second time, those things maybe don't take me out as much, but I notice them just as much as you. So. Whoa. Did, that, did
0: that X-Wing just fly by Jake? <laughs> yeah, and X-Wing
3: just uh, did a little
2: spin around real quick. Did it
0: drift. Um, let me ask you guys this. The movie starts off with uh, a lot of humor, right? Like we know, Poe Dameron's a smartass, but the exchange between him and Hux is like it's out of a comedy, basically. Mm-hmm. I personally little didn't tries to be. Oh, <laughs> okay. I didn't have a problem with it. I was laughing. I was along for the ride. I know some people just don't like it. Abby, would you? Think? I didn't
1: mind it. I mean, doesn't Han Solo do kind of like a when in is it uh, Empire Strikes Back that he does kind of like the fucking with with the controls... I'm trying to think of... The That's a new scene. Hope. Is that a new hope? Yeah. Yeah, like, I mean, humor's always been a part of Star Wars and all that. I thought that the joke maybe went on a little bit long, and I felt... I th- I mean, I laughed when I watched it, but I felt like maybe just...
0: Well, does it hold up over time is going to yeah. be the question. Like, are you still going to be laughing at that 15 years from now?
1: I mean, I like Poe, and I thought that Hux is an idiot, and he's fun to laugh at, so, yeah, it worked for me.
0: Jake?
3: Um, I think I think that joke in particular, it's hard to it's hard to say, like, whether it doesn't to me, it doesn't matter if that particular thing is funny or not, because he's doing that for a reason. He's doing that to stall them until the, you know, he he's purposefully trying to keep him on uh, the intercom until, uh you know, the his little the thing. The bombers. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh... so so that's that's fine. But mm-hmm. as far as like. Can we just go ahead and address all of the comedy in this movie? Okay. Can we just do it. Let's yeah. do it. It's, it's not great. It's not great. Some of it is funny, but it, a lot of it feels weird, a lot of it feels forced, and a lot of it feels like um maybe Ryan Johnson put it in there because because it's in the Force Awakens and it seems like maybe in the force awakens a lot of those gags came up naturally or they were just like oh this would be funny let's do it in there and then it seems like ryan johnson was like what has to have these gags what is funny
1: dude i can see your point there like and none of them are funny yeah because like bb8 in the first in the force awakens with like the lighter and like all of his functions being hilarious but like in this one when he's trying to plug everything up it it's felt too like the much. Gag it's over. too much. Yeah, it's not fresh. It's, and it was
3: it is. It's, it's just like, I don't know. The gags, they just, they don't quite work. They're They're either, they go on too long or they're just not quite on point. They're just not as, they're not as good. They're not, they're not terrible, most of them. And some of them are funny, but it's just like, if he's gonna, I feel like if Ryan Johnson is going to come in and direct Star Wars the way he wants to direct it. And obviously he does that in most other ways. It's a very different movie from Force Awakens and it feels that way. But if you're going to do that, don't force yourself to throw gags in just because you think people are expecting some funny stuff. Right. Like if you're if that's not your directing style, then don't do it because it's it shows through.
0: There was an interview with Ryan Johnson where they talked about what advice he got from J.J. J. Abrams going into the movie and I don't and the thing he said is well what JJ told me is you can never have enough BB-8 so what do you guys think can you have enough BB-8 because I I think I I love um, BB-8 hold on I think
3: I think the first order is coming around
0: oh cool (laughs) it's cool that they the first order has uh, adopted uh, the method of taking like domestic (laughs) fire trucks and police Um, squad cars (laughs) Craig, I Yo.
3: think I think uh, I, I do love BB-8 and I do agree like it's nice to get a good chunk of BB-8, especially when, uh, you know, maybe R2 is kind of pushed to the back, which is a little unfortunate. But, you know, you can't just have both droids going around doing the same thing because he's BB-8 is basically doing the same shit R2 used to do. Right. But uh, I think. Having a lot of BB 8 and having BB 8 be too silly are two different things. Right. Like, I don't mind having a lot of BB 8 in the movie. What I do mind is like everything BB 8 does be
1: comic relief, utterly
3: ridiculous, you know? Like, w- driving a fucking walker. And- I loved
0: it. I I know it's ridiculous, but like I was I was so on board at that point with the well before we go. into I was like, until okay yeah. Two things, two things. Well, two I, was... I want to say two things. One, I I because I never I never got to say it earlier. Um, I love this movie. I really I loved it. I I was accused by my own brother of being like against the grain and counterculture and just saying I loved it. Because other people didn't love it. And that is not me. Except for in the year 2016, when I convinced myself that I love Ghostbusters Answer the Call. Yeah. But I did love Ghostbusters Answer the Call. But that was different. Because, like, it's just different for a lot of reasons, okay? Mm-hmm. But in this, I'm invested in Star Wars, but I don't have to love Star Wars movies. I was on the fence to a certain extent with Rogue One, and I rewatched it recently, and I really like it. Yeah. But. I don't I'm never going to be in a place where I'm like no that was good you guys are wrong. But my personal takeaway was I really really enjoyed this movie. It's not perfect. I can nitpick it. You can do that with almost any movie. But I to me this movie is almost as good as The Force Awakens, but I will be willing to admit it's completely different. This is a totally different tone and it's a different type of like, The Force Awakens is like a J.J. Abrams or Steven Spielberg adventure Star Wars movies. This is a very conflicted, personal, deals with gray area. Eastern
1: philosophy and, yeah, like, it's, meta. Yeah,
0: it, it de- it's a different it's kind It's elusive
1: of, and Im- evasive and ambiguous, and it doesn't, like, follow traditional stuff, which The Force Awakens was, like, all about. Right.
0: And Force Awakens hit those beats and... I think it kind of had to. If you were going to bring back Star Wars... And then people
1: Wars, complained about that, even. I mean, everybody's going to complain about something. So. Right,
0: right. I I think it's just, like, for me, it's important. To, like, I want to have discussions about this movie under the guise of, like, to me, it is a very well-made movie. I might disagree with some of the decisions. I might not like every single scene, but um, it's not... Like, this isn't Pixels or something like that. Like, it is a... Oh, I've never seen Pixels. I'm assuming it sucks. <laughs> Sorry, Pixels. <laughs> it, it's, this isn't Pixels. We're gonna go watch um, Pixels.
1: No, this is a good movie. Yeah, I, good I see movie. what you're saying. Right, right, right.
0: But we talk like The Force Awakens. Oh my God, when I watch it, I'm smiling the entire time.
1: Yeah, that's why listening to what you said about your level of investment in Star Wars when I went in to see The Force Awakens. I was, you know, I had more than a toe in the fandom. Like, I was into Star Wars. We had some prints. I had some collectibles. I enjoyed the original movies. Didn't love the prequels. But watching The Force Awakens in the theater for the first time was a very deep, moving experience for me. And I became obsessed with that movie. Wanted to buy all the toys. Did buy all the toys. Went and saw it three more times. And maybe I'm sort of feeling the way I feel because of the level of, like, love and affection I had for that movie. And maybe that's why I'm – I wish I could just kind of let it go. Like, I'm honestly stressed because I want to love this movie, and I've seen people defend this movie, and I've read articles explaining parts of this movie that make me want to be behind it more. So I'm feeling conflicted. Conflict? but That's
3: that's exactly what I wrote down, feeling conflicted.
1: Dude, yeah. Like, I feel the Um, call to the light. I want to be like, dude, I love this movie. I'm totally behind Holdo. I loved Rose. I loved – you know, I I just – I don't know – I, I feel I s- like I don't know I guess I need to see it again.
3: <laughs> I feel like uh, so you guys know and some some other people know after seeing this movie the first time, I I don't know. I did not like it. I didn't I didn't hate it. I, I wasn't super on board. I had a lot of big issues with it. I had a lot of problems with it and it was like it was eating at me and i I called Craig, I think you called me one day and the first thing I said, like I didn't even say hello. I was just like, "Hey, I think I might hate this movie." Yeah. yeah. It was like the first thing I said. Right. And I and it, I I was like dwelling on the stuff that I didn't like oh, dude, and dude, it was like yeah. it was eating away all the things that I thought I did like about it. And I was like <laughs> and I was like, "Is it possible that the movie Following Force Awakens sucks?" I was like, "I think this movie might suck." And I went and saw it again and I definitely don't think it sucks. I don't think it's a bad movie. I don't think it's the worst Star Wars movie, but I think it does have some bad in it. I think it's weird. You see you see people talk about how this movie has like it it represents the balance so much between the you know the light side and the dark side. It also uh represents the balance between the good and the bad of Star Wars because it has <laughs> like it has some really really uh great moments and I think it has uh, one moment in it that's probably the best thing that's been in a Star Wars movie, like since Empire Strikes Back. Mm. But then it also has like some straight up bullshit in it, and it all straight like it, it also bullshit. like it does. It has some like it has more than one moment that I may have cringed at, and and it has more than one moment that reminds me a little too much of the prequels. Yeah, so. It's weird it, it, because I don't – I would never call it a bad movie. Mm-hmm. But I just think some there's some maybe some bad choices in it.
0: Yeah. What do you guys think of Kylo Ren running around the corner and like sliding? Uh,
1: oh, some, Risky Business? Like Risky Business. Risky Kylo? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, Getting that print.
0: So Risky Kylo. I, I like that. I like it. Uh, I'm going to
1: do that. Costume. Jake, I yeah. oh,
0: God damn it. I just want to say something before I go further. Earlier, I was going to ask you guys, what is the likelihood that we're going to get, like, a Pixar-style animated BB-8 movie at some point? Ooh, BB-8. I would be into that. Yeah. Right, Let, I would be into that. That seems fun. That does seem fun. I, I just wanted to, I wanted to put that out into the universe in case I forgot, because if they announce it in, like, two months, and I didn't say it on the podcast, I'd be yeah. so annoying to you nervous. guys. Yeah. Guys, I was going to say it that yeah. one time. Jake was talking about fucking Yoda and shit. And I was fucking talk. I want to talk about BBA Pixar. And you guys didn't let me. Uh, so, yeah. So I called Jake after the first time he saw the movie.
1: No, Jake called us at like 1.30. We were all oh, like in bed talking. So this talking. was funny. So stressed. So
0: Jake oh, because I saw it kind of late. Yeah. yeah so on opening it. night, Jake. It
1: was so earnest. We
0: all thought we were going to see the movie at 7.00. Mm-hmm. And then so Abby and I saw, and then we never heard from Jake, and I was just like, "Dude, what if he's he's killed himself?"
1: Yeah, I, know. <laughs> I, I was oh, like, "Jake's like Luke, I, he's I, gone. Jake, Jake he just disappeared. Did Jake, he disappeared into the forest?" Did, <laughs>
0: what if that night we were sitting there and like Jake walked in the house,
1: yeah, and he
0: talked <laughs> to us for a while about. What he didn't like about the they movie. just
1: disappeared. Then he just, just fucking shorts disappeared. were there. It's yeah. shirt. He's <laughs> <Yeah>, salty. <that's laughs> <old tea>. Awesome.
0: <laughs> I would keep those shorts.
1: Whoa! They'd be like, "Wait, was that really Jake? Was he ever here? Did he just project himself? I don't understand oh, it." Oh my
0: god. Um. <laughs> so okay. Well, we're gonna be all over the place, but that's okay because yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Uh, let's talk about after. Uh, let's talk about Luke. <laughs> this is what we so the Force Awakens. <laughs> The Force because awake-
1: it's fine. It's yes, fine. have some.
0: The Force Awakens ends with this uh, extremely emotional and pivotal, pivotal, mm-hmm. pivotal moment where Ray hikes up the uh, what? She hikes. I, okay, no. Ray hikes. Mm-hmm. She goes up all oh, the stairs. Oh god! Got it. Got it. Hike up and steps. she's on Octu. Mm-hmm. Uh, which just sounds like either somebody's sneezing or just a weird way to say R2. Mm. But octu is the planet where she goes and finds Luke. It's where the Jedi Temple is. It's where he's been forever. Uh, and she is handing him the lightsaber, and then the movie ends. And for two years, we wondered, what's he going to say? What's he going to do? Obviously what we saw is he takes the lightsaber and fucking tosses it over his shoulder.
1: Yeah, and that like one small moment is like a microcosm like for the whole thing. I feel like that whole movie and what Luke does is just like, oh did you think this was gonna happen? Nope. Sorry.
0: But it does lead to the lightsaber sitting there and the porg like jumping on the switch. How <laughs> mad are you that they oh. didn't fucking just Take one of those other poor. Take a porg out. That That would have been... Oh, God, that would have been good. Uh, So what do you guys think of that? First thing we see, we haven't seen Luke Skywalker basically since the end of Return of the Jedi. All we know is that he was training a new generation of Jedi. Kylo Ren turned on him, burned the whole thing down, according to Harrison Ford, and now he's tossing his lightsaber willy-nilly over his shoulder. Uh, Jake, what was your initial reaction to that? Hated it. Hated it. Hated it. No,
3: you know what? It's just like... I, Luke is one of my favorite things in this movie. I think, I think like 90% of the choices they made with Luke was really good. And, and I think he also, Mark Hamill was amazing in this movie. Um, But that point, like him throwing the lightsaber, like I know, I feel like they could, they could have shown he didn't want anything to do with that in a different way because it kind of, I don't know, man, it kind of kills it takes some like momentum away from force awakens.
0: Right.
3: And I think, I think force awakens is it's, I don't, I don't know. It's, it's, it's either, it's probably number two as far as like star Wars films for me. I think it's, it's it's, it's up there. Exactly. Um, and 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 the end of The Force Awakens is so emotional. Like the whole the whole movie's emotional, but it the whole movie dun, builds dun, up. Dun, dun, dun,
2: it, dun, dun, dun. it
3: all builds up to that point. And it's like this is the first time you're seeing Luke in years. It's like it's an important the whole movie. They're like, we gotta find Luke Skywalker. It's super important. And then now, the next time I watch Force Awakens, it's gonna get to that point. And, and all I'm going to be thinking is about how he just throws that lightsaber because they wanted to f- put a fucking gag in there. And do you think
1: it would have been – Is it a gag or is it showing that he's like – I don't know. Do I, you
0: think I, it would have been better if he didn't toss it but if he would have just like held it for a second, set it on the ground and just walked away? I think – no. I
3: think like he could have – they could have given him some dialogue there. He could have – he could have – He. Did, I don't know. There, there, there could have been another way to show he doesn't it a want. it out? Yeah, as well.
1: What... Dude, it's you want to do just something. just like throwing were... it,
3: throwing it is. It's a gag. It. it everyone laughed in the theater. That's right. what you were meant to do. You're meant to laugh at it. Right. And that cheapens the Force Awakens for me. Dude, like what if he would
0: have just... just? Dude, they want to. If they wanted to shock people and do something different, what if he would have just sliced Ray's head off? Yeah. Well,
1: very <laughs> shocking.
0: Uh. So yeah, he tosses it over his shoulder, then we we begin to get the storyline of Ray and Luke on Octu, where uh she's trying to convince him. She calls him Master Luke, which I really liked, and he's like, Who are you? She's like, Oh, the resistance sent me. Like, I love how Ray and Finn are both so bad at lying. Like mm-hmm. they don't like, she's like, Oh, the resistance sent me. I'm just like a normal person, I have a lightsaber. Yeah, but
1: he's like, No, Ray from nowhere, who are you? Yeah. Why are you here?
0: Uh I did like the line where she's like, I'm from nowhere, and he's like, No one's from nowhere. And she goes, I'm from Jakku. And he's like, Okay, that's basically nowhere. Yeah. Yeah. I love that Jakku is like the West Virginia of, uh, of fucking junkers. Of whatever. Junk trash. <laughs> uh and also sorry to you listener of the show, Zach Crago, who I just remembered lives in West Virginia. Beautiful
1: place. It's gorgeous. Beautiful. I've been. been, It's the
0: Jakku of the United States.
1: Um, I love Jakku.
0: Anyways, he'll be fine. Uh, So what did? So Jake, you said you liked most of the stuff with Luke. Um, Mm -hmm. What? What specifically did you like about the time that he spent there with Ray?
3: I just. I think like uh, it. you know, a lot of people are complaining about him being in exile, and I, I, it makes sense to me, especially with the story. And I think he he reminds me of, like, old Obi-Wan and old, you know, Yoda whenever whenever Luke goes to find Yoda, and he's, like, in seclusion. And he, you know, he's, like, trying to hide. And it, it reminds me a lot of that. And he he's also, like, he's a bit whiny, yeah. which is, you know, that's how— that's how Luke is in, in in a new hope. Like he's, he, he's kind of known for being a little whiny, but he, he also like comes to, to try to teach Ray. And I think some of, I think that stuff is some of the best stuff in the movie. And I was a little bummed out that there wasn't a little more of it. I, right. I feel, I feel like the, the movie could have benefited by seeing like Luke legitimately train her, you know, like do a little more. I, I don't mind that she like bails on him because that, I don't know. That reminds me of Luke bailing on Yoda, yep. you know, yeah. to she's go like, well, I don't have time that, for this. that, that doesn't bother me, but she's there for like half of the, the film. I'm like, maybe they could have thrown in like Luke teaching her, you know, a, you know, a lightsaber a little more. So yeah, I don't I know. There could have been a little glasses. more. There was some in there, but yeah. like, I just feel like it could have benefited for a little more of it. But I, I think all that stuff's great. I'm a little bummed. Luke never leaves that Island. Right. Um, I, I'm not a hundred percent happy with Luke's finale. I don't know if we want to go ahead and get into that.
0: Well, one thing I was going to say was that, like, I think what I got out of that stuff with the training and everything was that. So you know how everybody made the big deal in the uh, Force Awakens? Well, not everybody. Some people made the big deal of in the Force Awakens of like, how is she so good with a lightsaber already? All all that kind of stuff. And I think it. We don't know why she's so great with the. Maybe if she's just so force sensitive that she has these abilities naturally. Maybe in the next movie we'll, we'll learn more about uh, the history of Ray. But
1: maybe th- the message of the entire movie is that anybody can harness this power, and like you can come from nowhere and and still be force sensitive. And like I feel like there was those. Well, like,
0: no, but no, that's definitely right, that's part message, of, of right. what the movie. But specifically with the training, I think like Luke, she didn't need. As cool as it would have been to see like really cool lightsaber training, like a and I would have loved to see it. I think they went the route of or Ryan Johnson went the route of Luke is trying to offer her guidance and wisdom mm-hmm. to try and convince her to not go down this route. You yeah. know? And one thing that I love is Luke made a point telling her in this movie, telling Ray, the point that I made during our filming that everybody will be seeing very soon on the Yes Have Some YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. uh, that the long-term outlook for Jedi is very bad. It doesn't end very well. And I know we joke about making the prequels canon and how it's kind of like eye roll territory sometimes, but it actually was cool seeing Luke say, Luke talk about the rise of Darth Sidious under the Jedi's noses Mm -hmm. and how nobody fucking saw it coming and how they all ended up dead. I kind
1: of liked it. Yeah. yeah no, that. I I did
3: too. I did for sure. Yeah.
1: Yeah. There was a lot of like Luke saying basically like this is bigger than the than us. It's not ours to control. And
0: he seems resentful of yeah, the religion of the Jedi in,
1: in in a way. Yeah, which makes sense that he's like out in seclusion there. And well, he
0: says he he, he says I came to this island to die. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm.
1: Um. Yeah, and I think that the audience like Ray when she lands there and then. In seeking out like training, like we wanted more answers, but just like Luke had, didn't really have as much to give her. It's more of like a, I don't know. There, there, there wasn't like I guess I was watching those scenes so much, wondering when he was going to reveal who she was, and like that just doesn't happen until further on down the line.
0: That's tough, and you know, like that that reveal, that that reveal was
3: like the last thing on my mind throughout this. It really was. And I don't know why. Like, I I mean, obviously it's something everybody's wondered. And I, I think part of me always felt it's either going to be Luke or maybe it's going to be nobody.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like
3: I always kind of thought that. And I, to me, like, I think going into the movie, I was just so much more excited that Luke was going to be in this movie that I didn't. I, I was just like, well, I don't care who her parents end up being. Like, yeah. that's not... Yeah. I don't know. I was like, I guess that's not the important thing to me. And i it's not the important thing to them either.
0: And it was, you know? and in the force of... I think people in general convinced themselves that that was a very important thing because everybody thinks back to Empire Strikes Back in the reveal yeah. of, yeah. no, Luke, I'm your father. Yeah. or, uh, And I think subconsciously there's an expectation of... I also, that- like,
1: spoiler culture. Like, it's the thing that's mentioned on every talk show interview and, like, every article. It's like, well, Ray, who are your parents? Yeah, well, they also,
3: like... I mean, they also purposefully fill Force Awakens with just tons of misdirection. Right. They make you think it's important and they make you think... She's a Skywalker. And they you know what I mean? They like purposely don't give you her last name. Like Maz literally has a line that says this was Darth Vader's lightsaber. You know, then it it called to Luke and now it's calling to you. Like, how is it any more obvious like that? It should be, you know, that she should be a Skywalker. And that's why that's why they did that.
0: Well, and I think that, and I got a. a dis, I had i I've, I've had so many discussions. I'm, literally, I was like picking people off the streets. Like, you see, Last Jedi, we got to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, I, somebody was saying to me that they felt ripped off because Rey should be part of the Skywalker bloodline because Star Wars has always been about the Skywalker bloodline, and I said to her, "That's true, and that's why Kylo Ren is." In these movies, he, because yeah, he's exactly. part of the Skywalker bloodline. And this movie was as much about Kylo Ren as it was about Rey. Mm-hmm. I yeah, mean, for sure. And we mm-hmm. haven't even talked about it. And I want to talk about that in a second. But before we go any further, today is the one year anniversary of the death of Carrie Fisher. It sucks. It blows. Mm-hmm. I hate it. But I will say Princess Leia might be the best part about this movie, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I... I Maybe because I always kind of felt bad for Carrie Fisher because she didn't she didn't do a lot of acting, you know, the last several years leading up to Force Awakens, mm-hmm. um, and you know she she lived a kind of a, a rough life and she'd been through a lot, but she was the most unbelievable, versatile, talented, amazing writer, amazing performer, and I thought she kind of wasn't. Her presence wasn't felt that much in Force Awakens. She was there. Uh, one of my biggest issues with Force Awakens is when Han dies, Leia's reaction. I, I didn't buy it. I, I f- And I know she's a general, and I know she's been in this war for her entire life, but, I mean, that's fucking Princess Leia losing Han Solo, yeah. and it's not much more than a sigh, you know? Mm-hmm. So I really thought Carrie Fisher was given the opportunity to to have a real presence in this movie. And I'm very grateful that after she passed away, they did, they decided not to kill her off because I just don't, f- I feel like it would have been weird if we knew that originally she wasn't supposed to die in this movie and that she passed away in real life. And then they just had her die in the movie. I felt, I just feel like that would have been strange in my estimation, but I started this off. I don't want to get everybody bummed out. I'm sure everybody's crying right now. They've unsubscribed from the podcast, and they've probably reported us to the FCC. Uh, breaking news, the FCC has nothing to do with podcasts. So, <laughs> sorry. Uh, but I fuck them. Really, yeah, I was going to hey, say fuck
1: them. Fuck them.
0: <laughs> you know, the FCC won't let me be. Oh, there it goes. Okay. Uh, I heard Eminem's new album sucks. I, Anyways. Uh, so I really surprised. thought Carrie Fisher was great in this movie. I know people have issues with... Okay, well, she's let,
1: one of the hot-button issues. We let's, were talking just about let's just do that are it. Polarizing.
0: Let's just do it. God, let's do it. let's do it. Let's, do it. let's do it. Let's do it. But let's talk about it.
1: Let's and is our love... For, it, I felt like that that love and that loss that's like still so recent was something that kind of colored that first viewing of the movie when it came to seeing her on screen. It's tough
0: to watch knowing that she's not around. It's, it's cause hard. Because in the
1: movie, her character goes you know, in and out of you know, a coma, basically. And it's like there's... It's just it's tough to watch on screen. But I think that I agree with you, Craig. I think that she was handled in a very respectful way. I think that um, she was uh, very warm and uh, she kind of like. I think that her performance was better than The Force Awakens. I think I agree with you on that point. But the first time I saw her utilize the Force and pull herself back into that ship, it was it was different. Because again it's just one of those different choices from the way that we've seen the Force works. And there was that part of me that, that was excited to see Princess Leia utilize the force because I've always wanted to see that happen. Obviously, Luke Skywalker is very strong with it. It's got to be in her to use that. It was different, though, to see it used in that fashion. I don't know how you felt, Jake.
3: Um, whenever earlier when I mentioned that there are a few parts that are a little cringy in this movie, this is one of them. I don't think it it doesn't bother me that she uses the force. That doesn't bother me. Mm-hmm. Like it it's it makes sense that she can use the force. We've known that she could that she, you know, has the force since the original trilogy. That doesn't bother me. It, it's just the way it's done, the way it's filmed. It just looks weird. It just doesn't I don't know. It's such a when I like the both times I saw the film when that happened and she's like floating back into the ship, I'm just like I don't know. My only thought is that this is
0: kind of stupid.
1: Is it because of Guardians of the Galaxy, both Volume One and Two, and us seeing like the almost just that the way? I don't it know. Has it's, that just, effect it's like I
3: don't know. It's just or? like it doesn't seem. I don't know. It just doesn't feel right. It just feels weird. It feels. I don't know if it's just the way it's shot or what, but it just kind of looks silly. It doesn't. I don't know. There's not. There's. It's supposed to feel like. I think it's supposed to feel you're, you're supposed to be like, fuck, yes, she's she's doing it. And you're supposed to be like cheering for her in that moment. But I'm I'm kind of like curling under, like not want, almost embarrassed to look at it. You know, like this doesn't, <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm
3: like, this doesn't look good. This, I just don't like it.
0: I think visually they made an artistic choice. Like I, I have no problem with her getting sucked out of the ship, using the force to regain consciousness and get back to the ship. I think it's an artistic choice, uh, the way that they, yeah, they, they did it, and uh, there's probably I can agree. I can agree with that. There's there's the thing is I feel like we've seen that literally play out in a similar fashion in like Abby said in Guardians of the Galaxy, and I feel like it's one of those things that because it's Star Wars and because we've never really seen something like that in Star Wars. And a little bit because the way she's posed is kind of goofy looking. It's kind of hard. It, it takes you out of it a little bit. But I will say, like, I don't... It doesn't ruin the movie for me. It's like, easier
1: to watch the second time is what I noticed.
0: Right. I think for me, um, it's an expectation thing. Like, I assumed... I did not think she was going to die. I thought that Kylo Ren was going to pick her up because he was going to... Like I thought, they were full on going. Like, oh my God, Kylo Ren is about to, you know, Snoke just told him to take off his stupid mask, and he just had, and he just had the opportunity to blow up a rebel ship, and he didn't. And I thought he was just, I thought we were going to see throughout this movie at that point, Kylo being called to the light and Ray becoming increasingly frustrated with Luke and possibly. I thought they were going to do the switch, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But that didn't happen obviously. She gets back to the ship and she's unconscious for a portion of the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I, I don't it it's not a deal breaker for me at all.
3: Mm-hmm. No, I don't think it's a deal breaker. It's just it's like I said earlier, it's just one of the weird things in a inside of a a better movie. Like the movie's better than that. It's a weird scene. I I do like I am uncertain like you know you said you were glad that they didn't kill Leia off. Uh-huh. Um mm-hmm. I I almost like wonder what it would have been like if they would have if Leia would have been the one to sacrifice herself instead of Haldo. Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
3: I feel like that would have been a perfect like way for Princess Leia to go out. Like oh, it would have been could, like a noble, I've honorable thing. Yeah. And and
2: I, I know that would
3: have it. that would have like you know that would have made uh, Laura Dern's character basically obsolete, like, yeah. Obsolete, yeah. And they probably wouldn't have had her, but it hey, would have botan- been like exactly. But I think it I think it would have been a fitting you know heroic way for Princess Leia to go out, and then that also fixes the problem of that like now we're gonna get the third film in this series. And they're going to have to explain Le- Leia being gone. Hey, I'll they just...
0: recast yeah. the Oracle, the Matrix. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> they just recast her with just somebody recast. who looks nothing like her.
0: Yeah, Princess,
1: Princess Leia. There was a glitch.
3: Be- Kevin a glitch Spacey
1: needs work. Right. Um, <laughs> right. No, I can see how, like, I just feel out.
3: like it's weird. I just feel like it's going. It's, I feel like maybe killing her off would have been better than being, like, Oh, she died in between these movies or she retired right. in between retired. like
0: mm-hmm. the, I, in don't, n- I don't I don't
3: know how they I don't know how they're going to handle that.
0: Well, Jake, and- I've got I've got two thoughts of that. Okay. One? Yes. I think a better storyline element would have been to have Leia sacrifice herself right there. And that would have been shocking and heartbreaking and unexpected.
1: Mhm.
0: And I think that would have been amazing.
1: It makes so much sense in hindsight, but at but, the time, yeah,
0: I, they didn't film it that way, and I don't know how they would have. I'm sure they could have figured it out, but I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I'm it. not suggesting. I'm
3: not suggesting they should have changed it once right. she passed away. I just like maybe think in the first place that would Dude, have been a good. Oh, way. It, mm-hmm. you
0: know what would have been a badass Armageddon moment. <laughs> Where you think Laura Dern's gonna make the sacrifice, and then they do the "May the Force be with you" thing, and then Carrie Fisher just locks Laura Dern out, and you realize that Leia's gonna uh, be the one to make the sacrifice. Yes. oh God. they like tricky. Yes. Oh my God! Somebody get Ryan Johnson on the phone, and somebody get me <laughs> a goddamn yes. time machine. Hey, somebody give me somebody, somebody.
3: You know, you know who's perfect for this fix? Hmm? Somebody get George Lucas on the phone. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs>
0: <Cut. Can you laughs> Ready? Special editions. editions. <laughs> Cut to the interview. Well, I, uh, you know, I was a big fan of what Michael Bay did in Armageddon, and I thought this would be a perfect way to accentuate. Now that
1: I have the technology, uh,
0: you know, the technology just wasn't there. Uh, now, also this is the
1: best version. Uh,
0: you know what? You know what's cool about George Lucas? As technology has advanced, the color of his jeans hasn't.
2: Nah, that dude light
0: wears light. some light blue denim, some Wranglers. That's good. And uh, yeah. We, we've we been watching these George Lucas interviews uh, from like 2004, 2005. The dude is like I, – I bet he sat in The Last Jedi and was like, I hate this. I hate everybody. I hate myself. I hate the person next to me. Um, no, we love George. Without him, we wouldn't have uh, Willow. All right. That's a good movie.
1: Dude. You're telling us.
0: You're telling me.
1: <laughs>
0: Without George Lucas, we wouldn't have Willow Smith, daughter of Will Smith.
1: No, oh, he had nothing to do with
0: that. Yeah, he's her real father. Oh. You met? There's a whole scene where he's like, Willow, I'm your father. Uh-huh. It's a whole thing. Uh, okay, cool. So we haven't talked about Kylo and Snoke much. Uh, let's, let's get there. Let's do it. Let's talk about Snoke. Uh, let's talk about Snoke. Abby, you mentioned wanting to learn the backstory of Snoke. I will say this. I wanted to learn the backstory of Snoke. I really did. Yeah, Snoke
1: was cool. He was cool looking. We didn't get much, you know, just kind of a shadowy, big projected character in The Force Awakens. Right. We saw that we were going to get more of him in the trailers. So, you know, I thought he was, I will say this, he looked really, really good. The CGI was awesome. The close-ups and everything. I wanted to, like, twease his eyebrows because they were all, like, Dude, I will say this.
0: Jake, we've talked a lot about uh, the... Effects on Planet of the Apes and how, as far as digital characters go, goes like Caesar and those apes are some of the best looking digital characters. Yeah, uh, I think Snoke is one of the greatest things I've ever seen on screen. That is hundred percent, you know, digitized. He looked like, good.
3: There was there were, there were times where I was almost wondering, like, I was like, well, maybe just his head is digital and the whole rest of his body is an actual person. It was like it was hard to tell.
0: Yeah. He really did look like Tobin Bell, the guy of Jigsaw from the Saw. Yeah.
3: It's just saw. Well, like, what if that was the what if that was the uh, <laughs> oh the reveal? The like they they cut to Snoke and the little dummy in the tricycle tricycle comes out behind him oh and he's like, God. I wanna play a game.
1: What yes. A game. <laughs> See Tapio has to cut his one red arm off. <laughs> just escape. The next
0: movie opens up with uh, Kylo Ren and Ray just lo- handcuffed hey, in a basement. Ah, there's a kyber crystal in the center of the room. Um, <laughs> no, yeah, I mean Snoke looks like a deformed Tobin Bell who raided Goldmember's closet.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: and uh, now,
1: like his, I wanted that bathrobe. I was bathrobe hunting. This it looks comfortable. Season. yeah.
0: I like I bought
1: some gold nail polish.
0: I think Snoke was a very powerful dude mm-hmm. who did not realize how powerful Kylo Ren had become. And uh, fucking the first interaction – well, the first time we see Snoke is he's giving Hux the business, which is really funny. Yeah, that's cool. Um and then we see the throne room which dude
1: he is a fantastic interior decorator or whoever was doing that i love that throne room it's so stunning
0: it's it looks really cool it's and it's cool. very there's a lot of red in this movie mm-hmm. and it's it's uh you know the guards are are very you know, well, the emperor had those red guards, but this is, like the next generation of those mm-hmm. those guards.
1: I've seen people complain that their costumes like don't make sense physically for like no movement, costumes but they make cool sense in fuck. Star those Wars. Those guards look cool
0: stormtrooper as fuck. costumes make no sense if you mm-hmm. think about. Oh, it. we'll get
3: to that. We got something to say about stormtroopers <laughs> later. Okay. okay. Um, I I do agree that the, all the Snoke stuff is to me it was some of the it's some of the best stuff in the movie. Like to me, Snoke was. It yeah, was just some of the most captivating <laughs> stuff to watch. He's really like in that, especially in that first scene that you were just talking about. Like the first time you're in his throne room, mm-hmm. he's so scary. Mm-hmm. he really He's, is. I mean, he's he's very menacing. You, they show you like he's just terrified Like when he looks at, uh, you know, when he when he tells Kylo, to, he's like just like making fun of Kylo. Yeah, and he like tells him to take that ridiculous thing off. Like that that whole scene is like, oh fuck. This guy – he also is just like – he's just – it's like it sucks that he's dead now because they show you how powerful he is. He's just like effortlessly just like using the force to do whatever he wants, dragging people here and there. He's just like – like whenever Ray tries to grab the lightsaber and he just makes it flip around and hit her in the face and he's like, what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Like
1: it's
3: so – he's so powerful. He's
1: fucking puppet master.
3: It, yeah, he's amazing. He he he's one of the he's one of the best parts in the movie to watch. And it does suck that he's dead, but it's also like you know, like just like you said, Craig, he's so powerful and he thinks he's so untouchable that he doesn't even realize that you know he's getting like
0: he's, about to he's be getting played.
3: Yeah. yeah, and the way the the way Kylo kills him is is it's pretty clever. Like the way yep. You know, Snoke is literally saying, "Like I can see you, you know, turning the lightsaber, and I can see that you're about to cut your enemy down." And mm-hmm. Kylo is turning the lightsaber towards Ray, but he's Trey. also turning the light. You know, like it's it's a very clever. He he had to be smart to do that, you know, because any other way Snoke would have known what was happening.
0: Mm-hmm. I think that they'll probably explore Snoke's backstory through other media, comics, and books. I yeah. fully support. Killing Snoke in this movie abruptly, and this is why: if they would have gone to the third movie with Kylo rising to power and Snoke still there, the expect it would have been so much like Return of the Jedi with the Mm -hmm. Emperor Darth Vader that with like turning turning Kylo
3: to good Mm to yeah
0: yeah like and I I knew something shocking was going to happen in this movie. Mm-hmm. I I knew somebody we didn't like. I kind of thought Luke could die in the way that he died. So, mm-hmm. Han Solo dying is different than Luke Skywalker dying. Han Solo dying is like that's that a death. That's that's death. a death. That's Luke. Yes. Jedi's don't die. Jedis don't die. No. Jedi's don't die. No, they don't die. They're like Baybays kids. They multiply. Cool. Oh, um, god! What? I, I'm a big Baybays kids <laughs> fan. It's the I only mean, that's other good. cartoon Rebels I can that's watch. Cool. Somebody uh, Someone's, hey, someone's gotta rent that goddamn tape.
1: So, <laughs> yeah, Jedi's don't really die. Like, Jedi's don't really, really die. Away. Yeah.
0: Um. So, the it was shocking. Well, well, let's talk about it. let's talk about that whole throne room scene. So Ray yeah. leaves, Octu uh, and she goes to the Emperor. Like,
1: yeah, I'm gonna turn him. There's still she has faith in Kylo. She all has that.
0: faith yeah. in Kylo. She uses the escape pod.
1: Is it faith or is it a little romance? Well, I want to get. That I think it's. It's
3: a little bit of both,
0: I think. Um, she is totally. She wants to bone. Kylo. God,
1: I understand. They're both. I get it.
0: Me too. It's fine. It's fun. It's even. good. Um, you know because you know, and for Kylo, he wants to get with anybody because normally he's Ben Solo, and. Uh... He, What?
1: Uh, He's been solo for so long. Did
0: I just make that up? Nobody else is. No. Someone has. No. You definitely have not. That's me. That's me. I made that up, Craig. But um, (laughs) behind you, Ray. (laughs) You <laughs> edit that in. I'm going edit to edit that line in. Uh, there's a. Did you see the meme going around yesterday? Poe, Ray, Egon. Yeah. God damn. Jesus it. Christ. No, I didn't. Oh, Ghostbusters. Mm. You sons of bitches. Okay. <laughs> so throne room. Ray shows up. She uses the escape pod from the Millennium Falcon, which apparently was canonized in a book or a comic. That's I, a I cool never casket. saw that before. But apparently, some of the hardcore fans were like, "Holy shit, that's cool." Uh, I thought it was cool just because visually it looked awesome to see her floating into the fucking ship, like the Im- mm-hmm. not I thought it was. Fu- I thought
3: it was funny that there's like, as she's you know, flying in there's also a bunch of TIE fighters and they yeah. just like, don't give a fuck. Yeah. Like, you see that. They can see <laughs> that. They just
0: don't care. They're like, hey man what is that? Oh, I don't what know. It looks like thing? some don't sort don't... of a flying casket. Is that Ray from Ghostbusters in there? Looks, like <laughs>
3: looks like there's a hot, looks like there's a chick in there.
0: She's cute. <laughs>
3: She, she
2: really holding a or something. <laughs> oh man,
0: I want to give her. I want to see some of her Captain Plasma. Oh, <laughs> what? whoa! Blood, yeah, because they're gross. the blood. They're evil. They're evil. They're bloodthirsty. Um, God <sighs> damn it! What am I doing what? anyway? So they get to the throne room. They have their conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh. Mm-hmm. Snoke's showing off his force powers. He, he's he got a little bit of the, the Emperor's Lightning kind of thing, mm-hmm. which leads me to believe that he is of, like, Sith origins somehow. He's got to be. Um, mm-hmm. And he fucking, like, they take him out. They they do the thing we just talked about where it's a total fake out. The lightsaber cuts him clean in half, and then you get this amazing battle. It's
1: gorgeous. Uh,
0: basically your main lightsaber battle for the movie with – Ray and Kylo momentarily teaming up and taking out all of the guards. It's great. Mm-hmm. It's so. It's, so, well it's done.
3: especially like, especially right when it starts. It's like slow motion, and they both like turn back to back and just go for it. Mm-hmm. That that's a that's a good moment. Like that's a
0: that dude, is a fucking Star Wars. They moment.
1: turn back to back and go for it,
0: dude somebody no,
1: I really like that moment too
0: somebody needs to re-edit that like the score was great John Williams killed it as usual mm-hmm. but they need to put Duel of the Fates in right there again
1: <laughs> I, I'd take it da, 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 I'd be into da, da, it da, 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 da. anyways it's awesome
0: it's amazing it's all
1: the build up to that you have no idea what the fuck's happening you don't know if she can pull it off you don't know what either of them's going to do so the elements and rise, some people were great.
0: complaining about the Praetorian guards like how are they so good at fighting like who that's the their fuck, job. That's their job. They're guarding Snoke. That's like, literally their job. They're, they're, yeah. yeah. And there's been rumors, people saying like those are the, the remnants of the Knights of Ren. That, that's just – that people make that up. Uh, one of my bummers is that the, the Knights of Ren were not referenced in this movie at all. And they make a big deal about them in the first movie and it's implied that Kylo left – Luke's training after burning the whole thing down and formed the Knights of Ren, and mm-hmm. I wanted to see it, but we didn't. So, mm. JJ, come on, man, yeah.
3: I'm sure that. we'll get some. I'm sure we'll get some of that. Um, you know, another thing about about Kylo killing off Snoke is that it kind of shows, it kind of shows how unpredictable and crazy Kylo might be. Like, you know, he. He's fucking unstable for sure. He's very unstable and it goes beyond just like, you know, when you when you're watching uh you know the original trilogy Darth Vader, he's just a bad guy. The whole he's just, you know, most villains are just villains the whole way through. This this is different because Kylo from The Force Awakens, we see that he's like he's got some issues, he's like wavering, he's being drawn to the light and even uh Snoke tells him like it tore him apart having to kill Han Solo. So you so it's weird because you get you get all these like moments where you're thinking like Kylo can maybe be redeemed. He kills Han Solo and then you're like, "Well, you know what? Can he be redeemed from that? Like do we even want do we want to see this character turn back towards the light? He's killed Han Solo. Like does can we ever like even if he does turn good are we ever gonna like forgive this character he fucking killed han solo what so my, then you get what
0: one of my biggest problems in the original trilogy is the redemption of darth vader i fucking hate it it makes no sense he was a murdering bastard he killed tons of children tons and it's of such
3: th- a quick it's such a quick like i'm good now
0: i know it's like yeah. the emperor it's like when the serial killer's in jail and he's dying. He's like, by the way, I believe in Jesus now. We all hey, cool.
1: Hey, yeah. Bad. Like, I hate that. Then we're all supposed to but accept like, him. Those Yeah, deathbed, whatever. That's one, bullshit.
3: Yeah, one of the things that they're doing the best, though, with the series is they're giving they're, – they're legitimately giving Kylo Ren as a character, like, depth and – you know, real confliction. Yeah, and that dichotomy, he's, he, he has not only, he has not only killed off one of like the three major heroes. He's also killed off who we all thought was the main villain for this series. So it's yeah. like, what's he going to like, where is he going to go? What's he going to do? I feel like there's no redemption for him at, at this point. Like, I feel like, you know, halfway through this movie, you're thinking like, Oh, this, this trilogy could end with him being on the right side. But I don't think it is. I don't think he can at this point. I think he's going to be, you know, ten times worse in in yeah. the third.
1: He took out the big bad in this. Movie. Especially, really especially
3: now. after yeah, especially after like after all that, he kind of got humiliated by Luke Skywalker, right. you know. He, so I think he's he going to basically be the worst he could possibly be in the next movie.
0: Abby, I have a question for you. Mm-hmm. In the throne room scene where Kylo and Ray team up. Did you think that this was an actual, like, this is this is where this movie's going. They will be, Kylo Ren has come to the light. Like, is that, because well, I, I will freely admit, like, in that moment, I was like, wow, Kylo Ren's a good guy now. Like, I was such a little kid about it.
1: I mean, yeah, it's like I wanted to think And I watch that a
0: lot of wrestling. I should have known.
1: You should have known that he'd stay. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I mean, yeah, deep down he's. You know, that he's conflicted. And yeah, I did. I kind of wanted that. I had that, like, naivete or whatever of wanting them to stay teamed up and, like, to be a pair and to be buddies. And I do, like we mentioned, we kind of hinted that there might be, like, a romantic tension between the two of them. And I think that he's got a lot of respect for Ray, But ultimately, that whole battle was so that he could, like, one-up and step up and, like, assert himself, like, in power, which he did. Right. And then invited Ray to join him, which to me shows that he does... He has feelings for her, like he he is lonely, he wants to feel connection, and but I think he's also
0: stupid. He's like every dumb Game of Thrones character who like thinks he's gonna impress the girl he likes by like killing a bunch of people and he's like, "Look how powerful I am." And it's like <laughs> like you know yeah, what I'm saying yeah, like yeah. so it's like, of course she's gonna be like, "No, you fucking idiot right. no no, Ben." Your name's right. Ben Kylo. <laughs> ben Benjamin Solo. Yeah, uh, you're named after my dad.
1: Yeah, or or
0: right? Or probably not. Or pro- probably, probably not. not. And then she's like, "Also, we please tell me." Yeah, <laughs> who are my parents? <sighs> uh, that reveal comes there. Like we, it's kind of implied earlier in the movie when Ray only sees herself in the mirror. We've kind of talked about it a lot. Uh, I don't know. He, That's, in, yeah. Ryan Johnson came out and said, "In that moment, Kylo Ren believes what he's telling Ray. He believes that Rey's parents are nothing. She believes they are nothing. And for the scope of this movie, uh, they that, are. That that is the answer.
1: But for tons of fans out there, I'm sure that there's that belief that it's a red herring and that maybe, maybe there's still someone. Maybe who
0: knows? Um, all right. So we still have a lot to cover. So let's mm-hmm. keep going. Let's talk about Finn and Rose. Mm.-Hmm. Sure. Silence.
1: Can't wait. Uh, I don't. I don't
3: don't know. I don't have much to say about. Yeah, I
1: didn't dislike Rose. She ended up delivering one of my favorite lines at the end of the movie. I like the. You know, uh, it's not about fighting what we hate. It's about protecting what we love. I liked that. I liked the stuff with her sister Paige. I thought that that dynamic and that motivation for her like was pretty cool. Um, But I really enjoyed watching Finn and Rey together in the Force Awakens. I really enjoyed their. Relationship dynamics and chemistry, and I think that going into this movie, like I understood that Ray was going to be going through uh, probably a training process with Luke, and so she was going to be separated from Finn. They left off from the Force Awakens being not being together, so I didn't anticipate, I didn't know what to expect for either of them, but when it came to Rose. And uh, Finn and how they like because they shared a kiss by the end of the movie, and I think that there's some like budding romance going on. Yeah, and I was in a Force Awakens.
0: Like even though like Finn was into Rey mm -hmm. and like they had a bond, I never thought. That was like, oh, they're gonna be in a relationship. I think so,
1: because of the line we're about, like, oh, you got a boyfriend, like a cute boyfriend back home, kind of thing. I was like, oh, you know, that's because he's a fucking
0: guy, and that yeah. was the first girl he's seen besides Captain Phasma, and and you know, you can't get with Phasma,
1: and she bypassed the compressors. So. She
0: did. I remember that. Right. <laughs> um, so the whole Canto Bright scene is set up where basically, uh,
1: I think I'm just complaining because things are different. Like honestly, I just different. need to calm down. I think that's that one <laughs> thing that's like. What do you think, Jake? Do I not no, calm down?
3: No, just- no, I don't think you. I don't think you should. So things are different, and different isn't bad. And I don't think people should dislike things just because they're different. But if it's different and also not good, you cannot like it. And I think this whole plot line is kind of boring. Like all the like Rose in in, in uh, Finn it's all it's too long it's way too long it shouldn't be drawn out the whole movie i think they could have like i think they could have wrapped that up maybe halfway through and maybe had them maybe they could have been prisoners or something it yeah. felt like they were it felt like they were stretching to give that plot line something to do for the length of the entire film, I and definitely of,
0: think they they need like they've struggled. And what do we have Finn do in this movie?
3: They do, yeah. Like they didn't know what to do. And and the only reason Rose is in this movie is so because I'm gonna be honest. Like Rose is kind of she's kind of pointless to this film. She doesn't she doesn't do a whole lot. She doesn't. It feels like she was created just so Finn would ha- not be alone on his mission. It was like he's gonna go on a mission. Who, who can go with him? Poe can't, he's doing this. Ray can't, she's doing this. Oh, let's create a character.
0: So she- I'm going to offer uh, a different take on on Rose uh, than that. I think – so one of the things they did – so you know how in the prequels they brought politics to the forefront and everybody was like, hey, nobody fucking cares, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, like this is not – we know – that at the heart of Star Wars, there is a political uh, falling out uh, between the Republic and the Empire and all that stuff. And we, we know that uh, there was, you know, conniving senators and people who blah, 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 blah. Mm-hmm. All the prequel, bo- the boring bullshit that I've watched a thousand times, I still don't understand. So what this movie did, it <laughs> big Star Wars fans over here. Hey. So what's the prequel is mm-hmm. about? Boring bullshit. Uh, Palpatine, his dumb face. That's even dumber once he becomes the emperor. Um, This movie highlighted something that is based in our own reality that we live right now, which is like the galaxy is at war with itself. The rebels or the resistance versus the first order. And there are people profiteering and making money off of it. And that, that is the whole point of the Canto pride scene is that Mm -hmm. we are going to show that even though there's all these terrible things happening, there are people who it are ripples just out. making money. And then Rose gives the speech to – which I thought was a – I'm a sucker for the the storyline that they push forward, which is Rose explains to Finn that the First Order basically ravaged her family financially and left them in ruins. And then you see Rose interact with those stable children uh, when they rescued the fathiers. Is that how you pronounce them? The fathers? Let's them the fathers. The horses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and wrote, basically – I will say two things. The story point that they're getting through of nobodies can be somebodies and the rebellion is worth fighting with mm-hmm. and it's not OK to let the First Order rain down on the universe and take advantage and, and basically rape and pillage people that fighting back is an option. I really, really like that message. Now, mm-hmm. did they have to go to, you know, a computer generated <laughs> casino <laughs>
1: to, dude, I, I liked the casino
0: I kind of did too I
1: legitimately thought the creeps you know what my cute.
0: favorite thing of Canto Bright is huh. the the police their, their
3: uniforms
2: dude everybody's
0: oh, like a those black those costumes were cool
3: those like, costumes were really cool I like those i
0: doing that for Dragon Con yeah. with like the weird like blue like light up helmets mm-hmm. and like they all kind of are dressed like the old uh, Kenner Real Ghostbusters police yeah. figure yeah but futuristic style yeah I liked that so I liked it um.
1: Everybody there was also dressed very nicely. I feel like there was like a black and white dress code because I noticed.
3: I liked all. Yeah, I like the way. I like the way everything looked inside the casino. Here's what I. Here's what I didn't love about it: mm. the way they introduced the casino and the way the doors open and they just pan the camera through everything with the weird music playing. It felt too much like Maz's Cantina. And it felt too much like okay, we got to have another canti- cantina like scene. Like the some- cantina. Right, yeah, right. it was like we got to do that. It looked good though. It. Lo- it I, I'm not complaining about that part. The thing that I think when it really goes downhill is when they're riding the the big eared horses.
0: Yeah, we'll call them that. And hey, that- don't talk about Adam Driver that way. <laughs> <laughs> hey, well, um, I'd
2: ride.
3: I thought. I thought all that. Ooh, I thought all that <laughs> stuff. I thought that stuff looked very bad, for the and resistance. when they're and when they're running through the casino, there are like three, uh, you know, digital character gags in a row that all three uh, were just like, if they all looked like they were just pulled from the prequels. Right. There's like a there's like a big fat alien that sings for no <gasps> reason. Yeah. There's there's another alien that tries to get out of the way, and then there's the little alien that's drunk trying to put the coins in bba and all and all three of those they look awful like for for how good snoke looks right they look like trash
0: yeah um, and it's
3: just too it's just too much like i don't know that whole scene to me is like this could have came out of episode 2
0: right uh i don't go that far with it i think that so we need to remember that the reason why they go on this mission is that they are trying to find the Codebreaker, and then they're going to go sneak onto the First Order ship uh, because they're trying to figure out how to – What are they trying to disable the, Who the hyperspace oh, tracking?
1: Yeah. All that yeah. shit. Yeah, in order to do – it, It's to a pretty convoluted Right. They're running out of gas. Yeah. Like, blah,
3: blah, blah. Let's get back to Luke and Snoke and yeah.
1: I know Kevin Smith
0: said that there's an episode of Battlestar Galactica that was almost – a very yes. similar plot, and, and he's I'm, kind of right. Mm-hmm. There is a plot in the new Battlestar Galactica. When I say new, I'm talking about the show that ended ten years ago, mm-hmm,
1: um, the Sci Fi Channel, not the
0: yeah original. About and like one of the plot lines is that like the Cylons are tracking the you know the I don't what every
1: time you jump to hyperspace you lose fuel in the chase, so right. it's like you're in a stalemate.
0: Right. But anyways, that's neither here nor there. A bunch of toast, fracking toaster,
1: frackin' toaster lovers. Let's
0: bring back frackin'. <laughs> uh, let's not. So, they go, they don't find the original Codebreaker, they find Benicio Del Toro, which I actually really liked his character in this movie. I know it was a small part, I know he ends up betraying them, and it's whatever, but I thought he did a pretty good job for what it was. I think the thing people mostly have the problem with, like, when they free the fathers, the horses, and they're all running through the casino, to me, I don't mind it, but it does feel like we get thrown into, like, a Harry Potter movie.
1: A silly child's movie, a little bit.
0: A little bit. Yeah. That's the vibe I got. I didn't hate it, but it felt... You know, in like episode three where Obi-Wan's riding around that thing for like <laughs> 20 minutes? Ooh,
2: ooh, yeah. yeah. That.
0: Yeah. It felt like... Yes, exactly. Like okay. the prequels. That,
3: to me, that that whole scene is the, it's the worst stuff in the movie. It's the stuff that I think like absolutely the movie could have done without.
0: I think they were trying to get... Like, they were, Ryan Johnson was like, I need to get them to a planet where we could see children as slaves and we can inspire them with, like, when she gives them the rebel ring and all that. I really like that stuff. Mm-hmm. Maybe there was another way they could have done it. But overall, to me, it doesn't, it's a little long, but it doesn't hurt the movie. Like, some people, like, I've talked to people who are like, as soon as that stuff happened, I was completely out of it. And I don't feel that way. I just feel like it's, they maybe could have trimmed it down a little bit. And it's always tough. We talked about this. It's always tough when you see your core group breaking up, right? Yeah. I feel like the problem that they're having with Finn in this movie until the very end is he's not an X-Wing pilot, right? Mm-hmm. He's not a resistant soldier. He's not a Jedi, so he's not going to be with Rey training. former nobody. He's like, a, nobody. He, he he, like yeah, a maintenance he, guy. So his talent is being able to go undercover with the First Order, which he's now done twice. They can't do it again. Mm -hmm. They can't have him just sneaking onto the First Order ships all the time. Mm -hmm. Right. So he's a Resistance
1: hero at this point.
0: He's a Resistance hero. But by the end, he's flying the thing and all that stuff. Yeah. Uh, So, any more on Canto Bright before we move on? No. I would like like to
3: stop talking about the worst part in the movie and start talking about the best part in the movie.
0: Yeah. All right. We're about to talk about the best part about The Last Jedi. Mm -hmm. So... So Leia's flying through space, okay? (laughs) Uh, Oh, we already talked about that Gracefully. All right, let's talk about him. The man, the myth, the legend, Mm -hmm. the Frank Oz. Mm -hmm. Guys, I think we all could have maybe predicted this, but until we saw it on screen, I don't know. I don't even know what to say. It was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in a Star Wars movie. Yoda is in this movie. Mm -hmm. He shows up. To kind of smack some sense into Luke, Jake. I know you told me that the saltwater tears were flowing as soon as Yoda popped yeah. up on screen. Yeah, tell, Be, tell me yeah about Because
3: it. because, I, like you just said, I think I think we all probably. Uh, I I figured at some point Luke or Obi not Luke Yoda or Obi Wan were gonna we're gonna make some kind of appearance. You know, both of them. You hear both of their voices in Force Awakens. And I and I was just like, you know, I thought it was probably a safe bet that we were going to see some force ghosts in this film. And I think, though, maybe no one was expecting it to come at a point when, like, Luke is, like, marching up to burn a tree down. Yeah. And the way they do it, where, like, you see the back of Yoda's head just come into the foreground, I was like, oh, my God. I was like, here we go. We got some Yoda. And yeah. then, and not only do we get Yoda, like, it is... Yoda like we it is the Yoda that we have not it's like original trilogy you know pre prequel Yoda and he looks right he sounds right he's He's like being he's being weird and silly like the Yoda that we know from from the original trilogy and not only is it just like and and it goes it goes well beyond just being like oh they put Yoda in this movie He fucking fucks with Luke, burns the tree down, you know, laughs at him, hits him in the head with his cane, which is something he does in, in, you know, Empire. Empire, And, and he sits him down and he like spits some like straight up Jedi wisdom at Luke Skywalker. And he just like, he just has a lot of really good stuff to say. He's. It shows it shows you that even though Luke is you know this great Jedi Master you know and he he still doesn't know everything like he, there's still shit to learn and he's still being taught, um and it's just like it's super emotional and it's 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 just it, it's it's a I think it was a perfect moment it, it, to me it's by far the best part in this film and it um whenever whenever Luke and Yoda are just like resting. On the rocks, and they're they're just both looking at the fire, and like, it's just like that's that's like that's going to be an iconic image forever. Like that's. Yeah. Looting, I think Abby like, looked at me and Yoda.
0: goes, "That's a mondo print right there." Yeah. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. Um, Abby. Yeah, I you're mean, a big fan of the Yoda.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think that that was that's the best. See, well, between that and the Snoke's throne room, those are the, my two. Like, when I went back to see this movie a second time, those were the scenes I was looking forward to the most. Same. So, I mean, I can't echo any further, like, any louder what Jay said. Like, I think he said it pretty well. I think that when Yoda's, like, looking at Luke and saying that you shouldn't look to the future, you do that too much. Like, you're living in the present, living in the now, I feel like that was almost Ryan Johnson, like, speaking to us as an audience. Like, hey, calm the fuck down. Stop looking for answers to things. Like, just take this movie for what it is. And when you do at those moments, it it pays off and, like, it rewards you. And it's a really good scene. And I think seeing Yoda is something that makes this movie worth watching again. So I really enjoyed it.
0: I think what's so special about the Yoda scene is that it gave you feelings of nostalgia and of, like, remembering what it's like to watch The Empire Strikes Back as, like, a little kid. For the first time, and it did what the prequels never could do because yeah, Yoda's in the prequels and he's the Jedi master and he's and it's Frank Oz's voice and he's a digital character and it just it it wasn't the Yoda we knew it was this younger. It it, it, he like Yoda. We we talked about it a lot in Empire when when Luke first meets Yoda. Yoda is a weird little quirky and silly and funny and aloof,
1: and yeah, all that weird stuff. But there's
0: always a purpose, right? There's a purpose in the way he talks to Luke, and and it's all there's always a lesson there, right? Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I loved it when he looks at Luke and he burns the tree, and Luke goes into farm boy mode. And it's you. You would think Luke was talking to his uncle o and He's like Yoda, the the ancient Jedi texts are in there. Like yeah, yeah. he yeah. fucking knows it's Luke. Yeah, <laughs> he knows. Even though they're not. Yeah, that's what he also knew. Surprise. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and I'm sure. Yeah, Yoda knew that. Yoda knew. Um, just for anybody, because it is quick. Uh, Ray did take the Jedi texts and mm-hmm. puts them in the Millennium Falcon. They show him at the end of the movie. They yeah. So so Yoda was in some ways doing kind of. Like, how Luke was trying to teach Rey lessons, but kind of, like, trying to do, Yoda. Like, Luke tries to yeah. be Yoda-like, but he's not that good at it.
1: Mm-hmm. Right? But Yoda <laughs> yeah. is, He reminds you of Yoda when he's doing that little leaf tickle with Rey, when he's like, that's not a force. Like, right,
0: right. And you could just see him, like, oh, I bet Yoda He would be
1: smacking him. her on the head with a cane if he could. Like. Right,
0: exactly. Uh, so, yeah, the Yoda scene is incredible. The fr- and it's just special. It's at night. It feels a little bit like Dagobah. And... If there was ever a scene that just seeps you in like Star Wars nostalgia goo, mm-hmm. yeah. that's it. And it's and I, I cannot wait to get the Blu-ray and just watch that scene over. Yeah, and if you over. were
1: off put by Luke milking the whatever that beast is, then this moment like kind of uh, exactly. her
0: name's Aunt makes... Baru. Oh,
1: <laughs> oh ew.
0: Hey, she, well, there, she liked it. There's also
3: there's also something like there's also something nice and special about hearing uh Yoda talk about Ray, and you know like he you know he mentions Ray by name and and Kylo you know Ben solo by name and it's oh just God. like
0: I almost just choked you up when he said that it like it just like
3: cements them into Star Wars you know what I mean even yeah. though ob- obviously these movies are about them, but to hear Yoda.
0: Oh, Yoda's Speak talking of them about me is like it's it's like oh, it's important. It's like you go to class, hey, hey, Ray, uh, Yoda was talking about you.
1: She thinks
0: Yoda? you're what? <laughs> Yoda like likes you. Let's uh, no Yoda like no Whoa. Yoda likes you. Um, <laughs> Yoda and I have been talking. I want to talk about something real quick. Uh, obviously, Ray and Kylo Ren uh, have a deep connection in this movie. We see it throughout the film. They are speaking to each other. They're using the Force to almost be in each other's presence. Uh, We've never seen anything like that in Star Wars before. I thought they did a really good job with it. Snoke implies that he was in full control of that the whole time. But at the end of the movie, you kind of see like, no, they –
1: They're doing it. They
0: have a connection. Mm -hmm. Uh, Luke says – go for it. I was just going to
3: say I think – it, it, it's weird. You know, it's weird. You know, let me, let me take a breath.
0: Take a breath. Snoke says,
3: Snoke <laughs> says, you know, he's this the one break doing that. This break has been brought
0: to you by. <laughs>
3: so <laughs> Snoke reveals that he's the one doing that. And when he does, that's when Kylo, like when that scene happens, that's when Kylo looks up. And I think that's when Kylo really makes the decision that he's like, all right, I'm going to kill this fucking yeah. guy. Mm-hmm. Right. But I, I don't, Doubt that that uh, Snoke was fully doing that, but I think there's a theme going on in in these in 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 this film and the one before it that using the Force is something you learn not just from like your I think they learn that from Snoke. I think like unknowingly Snoke kind of teaches them by oh, right. by doing that. And I think the same thing happened in uh in Force Awakens. Uh Ray is basically trained in the force by Kylo trying to use it on her. You know, like he's yeah. there's multiple times where he's trying to get into her mind. And you know, the first time he tries that, she like, you know, she resists him and stuff. And I think she learned a lot from Kylo, uh you know in a way he didn't want you know he he wasn't he yeah. wasn't trying to teach her but he did and i think snoke kind of did the same thing and he i think he made both of them stronger in the force by giving them that connection yeah,
1: yeah i would completely agree with you and that's a very good point i mean she's adept she's adroit and she learns things very quickly and uh yeah i think that Absolutely.
0: I, I agree too. And I think that one thing that's really interesting is Luke tells Ray, I've only seen this, this level of power in the Force once before. It didn't scare me enough then. It does now. So basically what they're saying right now is that Kylo Ren is strong as fuck. He's of Luke Skywalker's bloodline. He's a direct descendant of Anakin Skywalker, the one who was to bring balance to the Force. And Luke is saying that Rey is of equal power. So are we to believe that she was born with the same level of force ability as a Skywalker, you know, descendant from, from parents who are nobody? Or is there a good chance that there's a lot more to learn about Rey?
3: There probably is. I mean, maybe maybe her parents were nobodies, but, like, maybe their parents had, you know, like, obviously, there there's probably some force down the line. Or, I mean, Anakin was always, like, shown as, as being super strong in the Force because, you know, they basically come out and tell you that uh, uh, Palpatine, like, you know, willed him into existence, you know, like he tells him that story and it's obviously like him being like, well, this is, this is how you were born, you know? So who, who knows?
0: Abby, you're, um, Mm -hmm. you're a giant fan of Ray as a character. Mm -hmm. What did you like by the end of this movie? What was your, like, I know by the end of the first movie you felt like, holy shit. This is Rey. She's a Jedi. She just fought Kylo Ren. Mm -hmm. She's a badass. Like, what... This is a deeper...
1: Honestly, the... Like, my feelings on Rey coming out of this was that she grew up, like, even more so in this movie. She did more battle, and I think that she faced against, like, one of the most difficult things, which is, like, looking at your parents and wondering where you came from and like what kind of an impact that has on what you're doing and who you are and what you can achieve and like whether it means anything. Cause Kylo says something to her at one point where he's like, you're looking for your father everywhere. Like you're looking in uh in, Han Solo and um, Luke. Luke. Exactly. And it's like, <laughs> it doesn't mean anything. And he's basically telling her like he tosses the lightsaber, like toss the whole book out, toss everything out, any expectations, any bullshit. And like, be who you are and I think that that kind of that message and I think that her growing up and like that that changing process I think is it was really cool I don't think that I don't think I liked I I keep saying I like The Force Awakens more than this movie but I feel like Ray is set up to do even more damage and is even stronger at the end of this movie and I'm excited to see what happens in the next installment and to see where J.J. Abrams takes things so
0: yeah I I think that there's an unbelievable amount of pressure on Rey to live up to the the legacy of the Jedi. Even though Luke says, you know, he makes the point that if the Jedi die out, the Force still exists. The Jedi yeah. don't own the Force, but, you know, by the end of this movie, the Resistance is in pieces. There's like ten of them left. Yeah. They're all on the Millennium Falcon. It's like
1: the end of Thor, Ragnarok. It is. Mm-hmm. It's very
0: much like that. Um, and... You know, I, I personally feel like the next movie will flash forward five to ten years and Ray will be leading the charge of training the next generation of Jedi. Before we get there, because uh, I do want to talk about the, the third act, the end of this movie, um, I want to talk about the scene with Luke and R2 on the Millennium Falcon. hmm I mean that that scene was much shorter mm. than the Yoda scene, but to me, just as impactful. Yeah, yeah dude. It is. The yeah. blue
1: of R two like bouncing off the blue of uh, Mark Hamill's eyes, like just that. And and the it's. I'm just trying to get you guys I, to
3: cry. That was where I cried the most. <laughs> um, that was one of those things where uh, I kind. It's like you whenever whenever you see R two in the corner and you're like, oh cool, Luke and R two are about to have like a reunion. It immediately popped in my head. R two is going to play the play that. Like it it immediately, it was. I kind of saw it coming. Right. But when it happened, it was like, oh my god. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like it was. It was like turning a faucet on. It was like. It
0: to see Luke. I mean, uh, I'm gonna try to do this without getting choked up. When you see Luke, um, knowing what he knows now, knowing what he's been through, knowing the. The battle against his own father, and all of the things that came after that, knowing that the resistance is fighting for their life against the first order, and Kylo Ren is leading the charge, and Luke had a hand in in Kylo Ren's creation in in somehow, and also knowing that Han Solo is dead, at at, his best friend was killed by, you know, like knowing all of that, and seeing R two, and seeing Luke go right back to the beginning. Looking like the kid on Tatooine, who met R two for the first time, who who just wanted to know if there was anything else out there for yeah. him, yeah. and it just it puts and then you start thinking about like, holy shit, man, Star Wars has been around for forty fucking years, yeah, and we're, st- we're it feels like we're just getting started, you know,
2: mm-hmm.
0: and then and then you start thinking about like, oh man, Carrie Fisher passed away, and like Mark Hamill's old, and like it it really drums up. To me, just as much emotion as the Yoda thing, because you know we see Yoda in Empire for the first time, but we see R two was like one of the first things we ever saw in a Star Wars movie. Yeah, and we know how we know that R two was with Luke right from the beginning, and it just it, it really is. I'm gonna have to just quit. I think like it's sad. I, it's a
3: little sad. It's, it's sad. sad. R2 all around is sad in this movie, I think. I think every time you see R2, it's sad. And it's sad to like, you know, it's sad to see R2 like, he's kind of rotting away in a corner. In this movie and in uh, uh, Force Awakens, you know, he's like, he doesn't work well anymore, and it's like, you think about all the stuff he gets into in the original trilogy, and it's like, now he's like, he he doesn't. He's not even with C three PO. You know what I mean. It just he's just me. in a corner of a room somewhere rotting.
0: Are we gonna see R two like die? Do droids die? <laughs> I don't know.
3: I mean, I guess they can.
0: I mean, he's getting old,
3: man. They can. They can be just. Dist- I mean, that's all. Like, I hundred percent think that's BB eight's fault. Like, I mean, just because. I mean, I love BB-8, but it would be redundant to have BB-8 and R2 running around doing the same, same kind of thing.
1: But not in an animated series. Right. That's what we like want. Like Craig
0: pitched. Um, sure, yeah. So that, that scene – and then b- before we get to the end, we have to talk about one of the – probably one of the most controversial parts about this movie is the flashbacks to um, what happened between Luke and Kylo Ren it's implied in the force awakens. Like we kind of know what happened, but they actually show. So it's kind of that thing. It's like two sides of the same story. Right. So Mm -hmm. Kylo says that Luke was hovering over him with the lightsaber in the middle of the night. And Luke says, you know, I, you know, I, I had a moment of weakness and, you know, basically he was seeing darkness in Kylo Ren and it was scaring him. How yeah, did, Jake, how did you think about, or what did you think about the way that scene played out?
3: I thought it was I, I liked it. I mean, I they, they show it, I believe they show it three times, right? They show it from basically like three different angles. They show it from like Luke's <laughs> perspective.
0: What, what if they had a third angle where like where C3PO tells the story and both Luke <laughs> and Kylo have their shirts off? <laughs> <laughs> For oh some my reason, god. Master Luke was shirtless. <laughs> yes. I said. Oh my! Those are Glistening. small <laughs> desert boy nipples he has. <laughs> they are not small. We love you, Anthony Daniel. Oh man,
3: we've re- we've reached that point,
0: guys. No, we're hour I liked 40 it. I liked it. There.
3: Let's get back in. I, I like the way they they kind of show in. it from it, it because it, because again, it's sad the way it plays out because it's not. It's, n- it's like it's not really anybody's fault. Like, it's kind of a misunderstanding. Like, there is – he does see darkness in Kylo, but he says, like, you know what? Like, I realized it was a moment, you know, I turned my lightsaber on, and it wasn't – and then I regretted that, you know? But it was too late at that point. Right. So it, it is like, you know, maybe maybe it could have been – it could have been a little different. It could have went down in a different way. Who knows? Like, maybe Kylo would have, you know – turn towards the dark side no matter what, but it's an unfortunate circumstance.
0: What is so interesting is that when you really look at, like obviously Adam Driver is a better actor than Hayden Christensen and probably a more complex character, but there is a lot of parallels between the way Kylo's story plays out Mm -hmm. and the way that uh, Anakin's story played out where probably had all of the talent and all the best intentions of the world. But if you, if you have that darkness that lives inside of you, you start being influenced by Snoke. Like it, yeah. I think it was inevitable. I love the crazy look in Luke's eyes in those scenes though. Oh it's, yeah. He looks insane. He yeah. looks, yeah. So he looks like, uh, uh, the cock knocker from James yeah. Bob,
1: <laughs> right. <laughs> And what he's got, he's got that like darkening like his on his uh goatee and yep. stuff, like a Grecian Five, yeah. like a dark brown. What's a
0: Grecian Five?
1: That's like a men's, like a dress oh. for men, like a, like a hair club. Kind yeah, of thing? Okay. Grecian Five. You I remember song. those, I think those commercials were on like a long time ago. That brought up like
3: is that like a homeschooling thing? I,
1: yes, because I, <laughs> the reason I know them is because they were part of the MST3K like uh Thanksgiving weekend marathons, and mm-hmm. I would watch oh, the commercials. Okay.
0: Okay. Um. also notice in those scenes, Luke has his green lightsaber Mm -hmm. and I want to know where that green lightsaber is because I, now that, uh, the blue lightsaber is broken in half. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: I want, dude, wait, just had an idea. Okay. So obviously Luke loses the blue lightsaber when he gets his hand cut off. Somehow Maz Katana ends up with it. It's given to Luke and, uh, it breaks in the throne room when Rey's using it. She still had the crystal from it, though. Yeah. What if she goes and finds the green lightsaber and modifies it and has, like, a Darth Maul double lightsaber, Ooh. but one side blue, one side green?
1: <laughs> I'm into it. Sure. Sure. I'll like a double-sided lightsaber.
0: Hey, sure. Stop it. stop it. Stop, <laughs> stop. it. Stop.
1: <Everyone's> uh, <laughs>
0: two changed. sides. Everybody has some fun.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, balance. Fun for everyone. so
0: let's get to the end of this movie we really haven't talked about Laura Dern I wanted to touch on her
1: I did too I'm sorry guys (laughs) let's go back in
0: did you guys wait and yes have some group therapy there was a discussion about Laura Dern and Dan Harshman our good friend of the show said Laura Dern has the longest neck and (laughs) I responded with a picture of the brachiosaur from Jurassic Park I was like does she (laughs) Um, we're all Laura Dern fans what did you guys think of her character in this movie
3: I liked uh, her. I, yeah, I thought she was great. I thought, uh, for some reason, I thought she was going to be a villain. Like, I don't, I don't know, just the way she looked. Is that purple hair? I was like, hair, oh, dude. is she going to be a villain? Yeah, it's the purple hair. I don't know. I thought she was going to be a villain. But no, I liked her. You know, she's she gives Poe a little run for his money.
1: Dude, that's hot. I that's like Top Gun stuff. Yeah. I thought dude, there was a guy I was talking to,
0: he was complaining. He was like, he's like, dude, my only big complaint from this movie is like, Her purple hair wasn't very vibrant, like it was kind of washed out
1: looking. I was like,
0: "That's your takeaway from Lost Jedi."
1: All right. Um, Wanted a brighter shade, more vibrant, is what he said. That's amazing. Yeah, I
0: don't know. No,
1: I liked her. I thought she was strong and tough and confident. She's like, just she oozes charisma and like, yeah, strength. And I liked her a lot. And the dynamic
0: between her and Poe was pretty great. Mm -hmm. Like, and the fact that you find out, like, because they make you think at first, like, oh, is she like? She's she doesn't know
3: it. She doesn't quite know what she's doing. Yeah. yeah. And, and and they, and they, and it comes out that she's, you know, maybe a little smarter right. than Poe and yeah. she's just like, Hey man, chill out. Like we're, I'm in this position for a reason, right. you know?
0: Um, as the movie kind of carries into the third act, we see Finn and Rose and BB eight on, um, on the first order ship. And they're kind of incarcerated briefly and they escape and do that whole number. And then they have a battle against stormtroopers and it leads to uh, Finn going one-on-one with Captain Phasma. Uh, I thought it was a pretty cool scene. I mean I know people are bummed about, about Phasma kind of getting the raw deal again. But it's like she's the new Boba Fett. Like not every character – like just because she looks cool doesn't mean she's going to be in the movie for an hour. You know? Mm-hmm. And yeah. A lot, I, I
3: mean know. she was in it. I mean even though she doesn't show up till later, she, she has a pretty great – Battle with him, yeah. which you know what is way more than Boba Fett ever got.
1: Yeah, that's true. It's like, now I, time I, for the
0: sub the- podcast minute where Jacob Walsh tells us why Boba Fett sucks. No, I see, I, I
3: see the comparison, like I see the comparison, but what? and I and I mean, I, I can see people being bummed that she's not in it more, but she got a good, like, she got a good ending, she got a good battle in, she was. There was actually some threat, you know. She she's a she's a pretty threatening character in this right. movie, and um, I, I I liked her in it a lot.
1: Yeah. Now the
0: question is, is because it's Star Wars, will she be back?
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: I she's a
3: force she's ghost. No, I don't think so. I think she's. <laughs>
0: yeah. She um, was always a force ghost.
3: She, yeah, she was never. She's never. She was never even on. If she that, gets uh, a
1: spinoff movie. Oh, get a backstory. But hey, movie.
3: but hey, I had a I had a stray observation about Fasma. Okay. How come? How come they can afford for her armor to repel blaster shots, but like regular stormtroopers don't? Doesn't that seem like something they should all have? If they can't, what's the point of even wearing armor? Mini chlorians. Uh,
2: oh,
0: okay. There it is. Um, I, okay. You would think I have a lot of thoughts about Stormtrooper Jake. First of all, I agree with you. Yeah. Um, apparently, Phasma's armor is made of like the same material as Star Destroyers. Okay. Uh, which is I don't know where they say that, but that. So is, how heavy do you think yeah, that is? I think is it's fun. heavy, but also on Jakku, there's literally. Star destroyers just sitting there that were that are they're just wrecked. They're just they're wrecked all, from the yeah. Battle of Jakku. Get down there, mine those materials, and get these stormtroopers. Tro- 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 wow, that's a good
1: these call. The stormtroopers
0: some protection. Yeah, um, I just don't understand actually, do the like, environment I just, it's on Jakku. Weird. <laughs> I, uh, it's a nitpicky thing. It's, yeah, just, it's nitpicky, know. but like it it, like it's not like if you're in the, a war, it's not like if you're in the army, like only. The generals or the captains get like, I don't know. You would they, you would think they if they like
3: you would think if they figure out oh if we make the armor like this they're basically unstoppable that they would be like oh well, they all have to be like that
0: right because they're all the unstoppable. Point? What's the yeah, point if not of writing, like right. yeah it's, it'd be like if, if the police like police officers like only one guy got the bulletproof vest and everybody else just had to <laughs> yeah like yeah um, just make more of them i don't think it's a money thing i think the first order dude those tie fighters are
3: expensive yeah they got the money
0: um you know what it is they don't fucking care about stormtroopers at all they just no, they don't they
3: don't and and i and it, it makes you wonder like what if phasma what if that um armor that i mean obviously like that armor is stormtrooper armor you know what I mean? It's just what? like it's stormtrooper armor, so it makes you think like, what if Phasma was like, okay, well, if I'm going to be a fucking general here, I'm gonna I'm gonna spend my own money and upgrade this shitty Dude, armor. You th- and Dude. like, maybe she did. Th- maybe that was a in- upgrade that she custom implemented herself.
0: Customs. Dude, what if yeah. like, what if some of the stormtroopers didn't even have armor because they were on payment plans with the Novos and they still haven't come <laughs> in yet?
1: Mm, that's
0: crazy man. <laughs> they're still waiting on their shipment. Yeah. And yeah.
3: they're like there's stormtroopers walking around their shit doesn't fit right cuz they didn't cut it. <laughs> yeah. They didn't cut it right. Yeah.
0: There's stormtroopers wearing a Nova armor who still can't get in the 501st. <laughs> <laughs> I'm in the fucking First Order. it's nope, not accurate. It's easier to get in the First Order than it is the 501st. It, hey, that's 100% a
3: true statement.
0: Um so yeah, I don't know, man. That's a good point. Um, I kind of like how Phasma's, like, eye was showing at the end. It kind of cool. Because we yeah. all know who's under there. And we we know. all know that, like, what's her name? Brienne Tarth? She's yeah. awesome. Gwendolyn Christie. Gwendolyn Christie.
1: Yeah, I love her. And I did kind of want to see some more. And I, love, I loved that, like crazy theory about how she's Sindel from the uh, Caravan of Courage movie because that would make me happy.
0: Uh, well, Sindel got her ass. Chrome Dome. I like that he called her Chrome Dome. That felt very wow. Star Wars to me. Yeah, yeah.
1: that was good. Um,
0: so that all happens and they all make their way. So basically what happens is, uh, oh, we need to talk about this. Uh, they find an abandoned rebel base on Crate, which is the planet they're escaping to. Mm-hmm. And as far as the as far as the resistance knows, the First Order is not tracking the small ships, and they just have their sights on the main ship where um, Holdo is. Is that how you say? It? Holdo? Yeah, Holdo. I keep wanting yeah. to call her Hord- Hodor. 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 Uh, Holdo. Uh, hold the door. Okay. Uh, so then we see this is the scene where Ray holds the door for everybody. Ray holds the door. Uh, <laughs> we see the Resistance escaping. The First Order starts taking them out one by one. And Holdo sacrifices herself by going full light speed right through that shit. Straight
1: through everybody, yeah. yeah.
0: To me, what an incredible scene. Yeah, it's a good it. moment.
1: Yeah, there was a huge reaction in the theater both times Like when that shit happened. it was Now, it was big.
0: there was an article I posted today or yesterday on Facebook about how there are people in some theaters complaining about the audio going out, not realizing that the 10 seconds of silence was another one of those... Artistic choices yeah. that Ryan Johnson made, and it was supposed. What if they are these people also running or out like, like they're running out of the theater? Like Princess Leia's in trouble. Somebody get <laughs> in there. She's floating <laughs> through space, and she looks like Mary Poppins. Right. Uh, no. So yeah, ten seconds of silence. It's very visually striking, and uh, it it's a, one of those tactics. It allows like she sacrifices herself for the resistance to keep fighting and to make it to crate to, to set up for this final battle, basically. Uh, and let's just talk about it. So it's very reminiscent of the opening battle of empire strikes back uh, the Hoth battle. Um, what makes it so visually stunning is the red soil and these old beat up like crop duster looking ships. Yeah. the salt yeah. <clears throat> really And what's really funny. Cause th- those ships were in the original trailer. And I remember being like, what are those? And it's like, Oh, mm-hmm. they just suck. Yeah. Like just, not good. It was just pieces of junk, right? Um, so, what do you guys think? I mean, the, the Millennium Falcon's back into play here. Got a big cannon. There's a big like battering ram. They're trying to get into the rebel base. Mm-hmm. Uh, Finn's in one of the ships. Poe's in one of the ships. Roses in one of the ships. And they're all battling it out, duking it out. And we're all waiting for Luke to show up, and he does. Now we all, we all know where where this goes, but, uh, Jake, what did you think when Luke showed up? What was your, um, were you expecting it?
3: Yeah, no, I was expecting him to show up. It's a little like, um, it's kind of, I don't know. It, we're all, obviously we're all expecting Luke to show up, especially because like shit is about to, it's a, it's like going very badly for the rebels at this point. And, uh, so, yeah, Luke shows up, and I, and I think it's a little weird the way he just kind of walks in the room. Right. Like, it, it's a weird reveal of him. Sh- and, I mean, I guess you find out it's because he's not actually, Dude, you know, he's he's not totally, actually there. It's
0: totally a Sixth Sense moment. Once you know the reveal, when you go back and watch it, it's very obvious. It <laughs> is,
3: because he also, is, he's also holding the lightsaber that's the lightsaber he's using is the broken one yep yep,
0: yep. and also and I, like, I didn't oh, did notice he, that the
3: first time
0: did he, he leave octu and go to great clips he
3: went and got a haircut yeah i, I <laughs> that was the first thing whenever luke shows he's up the first when i when i saw the movie the first time the first thing i thought was like oh he fucking had time to did he just force cut his hair did he give himself a <laughs> is y- yoda clip in his fucking beard for him <laughs> Much um broken
0: what are they called <laughs> broke split, split ends, ends. Ooh, split ends you have. You guys <laughs> like my Yoda, my Yoda it's broken split ends joke. Yeah. Um,
3: no, I think all the Luke stuff is cool. Uh, it, it's fun watching him like show out Kylo. I I do I do hate that we we get a fucking lightsaber in Luke's hand. He is holding it. They, like, tease a fight, but there's no fight. You know what I mean? Like, who doesn't want like, to watch Luke Skywalker battle somebody? Right. It just, and it never happened. It's a build-up to a fight that just does not happen.
0: I have a prediction. I have a major prediction, putting it out there right now. We are going to see that fight. I predict because Yoda was able to take physical form practically and and Mm. burn that tree and affect the physical world, I fully expect to see Luke Skywalker amongst other Jedi taking physical form and battling Kylo Ren and possibly others in the next movie. Mm. Now, call that fan fiction. Night of Ren? Call Call it whatever you want, but I think J.J. knows that people missed out on that. And I think Mark Hamill's gonna have a major presence in the next movie. That's my hot take. Keep going, Jay. I don't like I don't
3: mind I don't mind uh, Luke, you know, kind of passing on into the force. I just feel like, hey, why are, whose idea was it to not have Luke fight somebody well, even, if it's the a short, the even if it's a short fight like I want I really wanted it and I, I felt a little cheated by that mm-hmm. right. but the rest of it the rest of that like confrontation I liked I, li- I like him telling Kylo like hey everything you just said is wrong like I will not be the last jet ge- like that stuff yeah. that's all great stuff like him being like oh I'm not really here you know like right. all that stuff was good I just I just wanted to see a little bit of a battle. I just wanted like, to see Luke, I just wanted to see Luke use his lightsaber.
0: Some people were like bummed about the way he like dusts his shoulder off. Like I didn't have a problem <laughs> with it. Like, I yeah. thought it was fine. It's it's, it's, it's like it's, I liked it. It's like whatever. He's basically going, "Hey Kylo, you're pretty powerful. You ain't you ain't, you ain't Luke. Shit.
3: You're not yeah. Luke Skywalker. Yeah. You're not um, Luke Skywalker. He's we- showing you. He's 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 he spent this whole movie being like, hey, no Jedi are a bad idea.'" I'm not the big great Jedi master anymore. And and then, and then this is a scene of him like kind of embracing it and being like, "You know what? I I am fucking Luke Skywalker. And Ben, you're a little bastard, you're a little fucking spoiled piece of shit, and someone needs to tell you that like the Jedi's they're hey, the Jedi's are coming back and you're not going to win this."
0: Um before we see all this, we see the only reunion between Luke and Leia uh it's kind of a really special moment Leia says a thing about how she changed her hair apparently Mm -hmm. that was an uh, improvised uh, improvised line Um, yeah and then we see Luke when he when he winks at C-3PO I thought that was great yeah like I thought I mean because in that moment we don't have time for Luke to sit there and have a nice catch-up conversation with C-3PO like it just as much as you want it um so, yeah, I mean, and and then the whole thing was, like, Luke...
1: Not physically being there was something that kind of bummed me or confused me a little bit the first time. But you and I were talking about that. And well, yeah, there's, so... There's, there's an explanation.
0: Well, Abby asked me, like, why wouldn't it have been better if Luke just actually showed up? And I said, yeah, it, maybe it would have been. But because he was a force projection... He became a distraction to Kylo Ren and the entire First Order, and he took all of those. It
1: their, was impenetrable. Basically. All of, yeah,
0: he he could be. You couldn't defeat him. You couldn't touch him. He took all their firepower. Took all of the focus off the Rebel base, and allowed Ray. That gave Ray the time to go move the rocks and let the, all the resistance escape. So yeah, just like what was the thing we were talking about earlier? Oh, just it's very similar to the Poe Dameron thing where. He was basically creating a diversion. Mm-hmm. And right. When you think now as amazing that, as that is. It's like okay, but this is Luke Skywalker. We want to see him more than like create a diversion. Mm-hmm. But yeah. Um. When they cut away and you see Luke floating and meditating and using all of his power mm-hmm. to do that, and then he fades away, and the force you know the, the uh, force themes playing and you see the double suns. Yeah. It just gets you, man. Mm-hmm. And, and it, not in the way that Han Solo gets you, because we talked about that. But this is almost like this. Just it's like, almost like a relief. It is. And almost, He's fulfilled his purpose. Just like because yeah. you
3: don't want to see like you don't want to see Luke killed. If you if Luke's gonna go out, like it's nice to see him go out. Right. And. In a touching way, you know, like in a, yeah, the way, uh, the way Jedi, the way someone like Luke Skywalker should go out, which is after, you know, fulfilling like a purpose.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. And it's so similar to the Obi-Wan, you know, if you strike me down now, I shall become whatever the line is, I shall become more powerful uh, than you could possibly imagine. imagine." Mm -hmm. And he basically tells that to Kylo, like you, everything you just said is wrong. And then, he fades. Obi Wan fades away. Luke fades away. Yoda fades away, and the destiny the, the, he fulfilled his purpose as a Jedi, which was to what he couldn't give to Kylo Ren, he gave to Ray. He is passing the torch to Ray. This is a true passing of the torch moment. Um, and as people were freaking out about this movie and complaining about it, Abby had a really funny comment. She looked at me and she goes, "Hey." at least Luke didn't just show up as a cab driver.
1: Like a bartender <laughs> in a cantina.
0: Like, like <laughs> let's, let's think about this. Like, It might not be the perfect Star Wars it movie takes, that we like, imagined, but the fact is it's 2017, and we're watching Mark Hamill playing Luke Skywalker. That's a pretty special thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, in the, in the classic words of Luke Skywalker... I don't go downtown. Oh, I don't go man. to Chinatown. <laughs> What's the line? I don't and believe in goes. no force ghosts. Anyways.
1: Oh, that Guys, we need to Jeez. watch Answer the Call again. No, we don't. Sure we do. <laughs> Let's watch it <laughs> every day. So, every day. Uh
0: we didn't talk about the ice foxes.
1: Oh, they're so cute. Little well, crystal so foxes. Adorable. What are they? Volptex? There's a name from
0: them. Uh, I think they're called Voldemort. Uh,
1: uh I love them. I think they're cute as fuck.
0: And then uh yeah, Ray rescues everybody. And it's it calls back to, you know, earlier uh, in the movie when Luke says the force is more. It's, it's not more, about moving rocks. It's not about it's moving, moving rocks. Yeah. And then it, it literally was like, like hey, I'm going to move some it, rocks. It yeah.
1: yeah.
0: Uh, also, Ray's description of the force earlier in the movie is so funny.
1: Oh, what is it about moving stuff? Yeah. Making stuff. Yeah. Uh, she, it's like a funny.
0: Like she's got these powers, but she has no like concept, concept of, of what they actually
3: right. Know. Did did anybody else like so whenever Ray lands on the island and she looks down and she sees the X-wing under the water? Yeah, yeah I think they were gonna- Did any did anybody else immediately be like, "Oh my god, Luke is going to be, you know, trying to teach her and she's going it's just going to be like a mirror moment where she's like this is impossible." And Luke's going to like raise that fucking X-Wing out of the water much like Yoda did. I thought that was going to happen.
0: I thought they were going to do something a little bit different and it was going to piss off the fanboys. I thought Luke was going to tell her that she wasn't powerful enough. that She didn't know what she was getting into. And she was going to raise the X-Wing out of the water. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it was going to be like, he he was going to be like, fuck, I couldn't do that at that (laughs) (laughs) that point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but so yeah, so we the movie closes with, you know, the the rest of the resistance and how cool Billy Lord, who's Carrie Fisher's daughter, uh mm-hmm. has a pretty like yeah size. She's got a much movie. yeah, she's, she's got, a got a much she has got like a
3: cameo in Force mm-hmm. Awaken or Force Awakens. But um, yeah, she's she's in this much more.
0: Oh, yeah. also we didn't touch on it. Uh Akbar died in this movie. Yeah, he
3: did. <laughs> that was sad. Yeah,
0: <laughs> that was sad, but yeah. I think the actor died. Uh, in real life. Oh, sure. did he? So right. it's
3: okay when they do it with him, but it's not okay when they do it with uh, Carrie Fisher, huh, Craig?
0: Hey, you know what? It's a <laughs> trap. What you're doing to me is a trap right now. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it, the movie wraps up, and it's kind of left w- with the notion that Kylo Ren's super powerful, Ray's super powerful. Uh, there's some... They
1: still hang out.
0: Millennium Falcon... Uh, dice, dice in the mirror that are being kind of tossed around. Uh, And, you know, we're, we're, we're in a point where we're in a rebuilding point. It's not that dissimilar from the end of empire strikes back where they're not, the the resistance is in a very bad place and they're going to be, you know, needing to rebuild if they want to take on the first order, which is becoming extremely powerful Uh, Hux, how about, we didn't touch on this, when Hux walks in and Kylo Ren's on the ground and Hux is like, gonna try and kill him? Yeah. (laughs) He's like, oh, I could be the Supreme Leader now. I don't
3: know though, man. You know, as as much as it seems like the First Order is gaining in strength, I think probably part of the First Order's fall is gonna be the fact that Kylo Ren killed uh, Snoke. Because even though, even though Kylo is strong, he's like he's like a fucking child. You know what I mean? He's got a bad temper. He he might not be as like concise in his thinking and in his decision making. Oh. And I think that could be part of the downfall of of the first order. You know, Snoke was probably like, you know, he 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 had a plan. He had a plan and he was thinking before he made decisions and uh, Kylo doesn't do that. (laughs) And now he's like running the first order. You know what I mean? It's like a kid, Mm -hmm. you know, getting the keys to the car, like it's going to crash.
0: So before we wrap this up, we need to talk about the closing scene of the movie, which was very different than any star Wars movie. They go back to, they talk a lot about this movie, about the spark that will, whatever the line is, the spark that will light the way of the path of the thing. And the thing Mm. basically, hope it Revolution. all goes back to hope mm-hmm. giving hope to the downtrodden letting them know that there are people out there who will you know look after you and you don't have to you don't have to take the bullshit that this world is offering you that you can rise above it that you can rebel that the first order doesn't have to win
1: yeah that anyone can even a broom pusher that kind of stuff
0: the kids are together they're telling the legend of luke skywalker some mm-hmm. other language uh, but they're basically like, yeah, and then Kylo Ren was like being a punk bitch, and Luke was like, <laughs> dude, you ain't shit, and Ray was there in the Millennium Falcon, um, and then you see the kid grab the broom, and he, he force grabs it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, I think some people have read a lot into that, saying that he's going to be a new character, and, and that's going to be the spin-off and all that, but to me, it it was more just showing that the force is strong with lots of people. It's for
1: everyone now. This
0: battle is just beginning.
3: Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I agree. I, I've seen articles where people are like, who is this little kid? Who Who is this parent? They're like doing the same shit right. that they were doing with Ray. They like, think The
0: next movie is going to come out and be like, they didn't even tell us who that kid was. It's like, yeah. God the, the the point yeah. The
3: point is to show like, hey, you don't have to be a Skywalker to be strong in the force, which is a good thing. Like that was one of the things that I liked about Rogue One, was that even though they didn't, like, even though, uh, God, what's his name? cheer it or whatever. He Even though he's not, like, a Jedi, it's pr- pretty obvious that he is strong in the Force. And yeah. I, that was one thing I really liked about that movie, was like, hey, this guy's not trained as a Jedi, but he's obviously got the Force going on, you know, so... That's what they're doing.
1: Yeah, maybe that's the takeaway from the movie. It's not who your parents are or were. It's who the fuck you are, and who you decide to be, and what you decide to do with your with your time. Right. You know. So
0: Um, I have a feel we're going to be talking about this movie a lot. I want to get into you know thoughts and predictions looking forward for episode nine, but we should probably say that for another episode. Mm -hmm. I do want to try to like. I will say one thing. Going into this episode, Jake, we've been talking about this for over two hours. Yes. I feel like you like this movie more than you thought you did. I, I there, there's a
3: lot of stuff I really I, I know I know there are a couple times where I'm just like hey this was really stupid and and there are some things that I think are stupid in it. But I don't think it's a bad movie and I I think I'd probably like if I were to rank. That's all what of my Star next Got mm-hmm. to rank
0: people. to rank. there's no, I
3: too it. many of these movies for me to like just rank them off the top of my head. But I think this would probably be in the middle somewhere. It, I mean, it would definitely be above the prequels, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't think it, it's not above Force Awakens for me, and it's and I don't think it's above A New Hope or Empire Strikes Back for me. Right. Maybe Jedi, but oh yeah. yeah. I don't know. I think it's, I think it's kind of middle of the road. It's got a lot of great stuff in it, but it's just got some things that I think were, were pretty bad too. Right. Yeah. But Hey, maybe, maybe that was on purpose. Maybe it's all about balance. It's the
0: oh. balance. It's the I also balance. think it's really hard. to trilogy. Like, uh, there was an article yesterday about, there was a bunch of letters to Starlog magazine after Empire Strikes Back came out. Basically. Mm-hmm. Okay. same thing happened before the internet there was this thing called uh, magazines and if you wanted to express your opinion you had to write a letter a letter a whole letter but it was funny because there were these letters and this guy was like you know I don't know why everybody just believes Darth Vader that he's Luke's father that's obviously just him trying to like tempt him with the dark side and like control him now I feel
1: like an idiot because I'm like yeah Kylo's just trying to manipulate Ray. just like (laughs) Snoke taught him how to manipulate people's flaws
0: um but what I'm saying is, like, until we see the end of the trilogy... There's a third, yeah. There's yeah. more to the story. There's more to the story. Yeah,
1: no, I kept seeing that comment uh, reiterated in our thread about, like, just wait, you're supposed to have questions in the second of yeah. three part. kind right. of like there the first, Yeah, there is more. Yeah. Uh, and, yeah, no, when it comes to ranking, I'm actually the same as you, Jake. Like, I have The Force Awakens first, Empire Strikes Back second, A New Hope third, and then I have The Last Jedi and Return of the Jedi tied. And then Rogue One, Phantom Menace, Revenge of the Sith, and Attack Clones. Rounding yeah. it out. Um,
0: Force Awakens, I, I go back and forth. I still think A New Hope is my favorite Star Wars movie. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. If anything, it's just the line where C-3PO goes, I guess that's just our lot in life. <laughs> um, I, I, I. How do you beat the original? But I love... A New Hope, I love Empire, I love Force Awakens. This, to me, is right around Return of the Jedi. I definitely like this movie more than Rogue One. Although I did watch, like I said, I watched Rogue One again this week. There's some pretty sweet stuff in that movie. Um, so, yeah. Why don't we leave it there? We've got a lot to talk about and digest going forward. We've got Han Solo. The trailer's going to be out in, in the next week. There's a, lot to, stress. There's <laughs> still, there's a lot to talk about <laughs> with uh, Han Solo Um, oh god let's talk about it and uh there's a lot there's a lot more star wars happening uh the blu-ray will be out for the last jedi there's going to be deleted scenes and commentaries and obviously ryan johnson is still making uh but for my brother for andrew goldberg who i doubt will ever listen to this who told me dude they're gonna take ryan johnson off that next trilogy uh the Last Jedi is on track to being the second highest-grossing film of all time, behind The Force Awakens. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't think they're worried about Ryan Johnson. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but yeah, there's a there's going to be a lot. Co- going when I was forward. searching
1: on YouTube, Ryan Johnson earlier today, Ryan Johnson trilogy canceled was one of the first things that popped <laughs> so up. People on are there. so yeah. crazy. So it's been. Sort of-
0: um, hey, you know their YouTube should be canceled. Their whole thing. <laughs> just, yeah. <just> Got <laughs> Cancel um, Well, before I sign off, do you guys have any final thoughts?
1: I mean, there's still the next episode. J.J.'s coming back, so I'm excited. Go. And I did not hate this movie. I really enjoyed it. It was a fun ride. It was a wild adventure. I got all the stuff out of it that I needed, and the stuff that miffed me, like, wasn't it wasn't that bad. And my second viewing corrected a lot of that, uh, going into it, knowing what to expect rather than being distracted by, you know, things that... Honestly, this was kind of a lesson in how to watch movies and sort of, like, how too much thinking and overthinking and analysis beforehand can almost be a dangerous thing and right. going in with an open hey, mind. We've
0: all learned that lesson a couple times. Yeah. Uh, Jake, any final thoughts?
3: No. I mean, uh I say no. And then I'm like, let me continue to talk. Abby, you know, what Abby said is all correct. And it's just, it's like, you have to learn to, not get your expectations too high for some things. And I don't think like, I don't, I don't think it's bad to get high expectations, you know, for something like star Wars that's following, (laughs) you know, uh, the force awakens, which, you know, was such a monumental film. I don't think it's bad to have high expectations for that. It's just, um, trying to realize that this is not the same movie and it's not the same director and things are going to be a little different.
0: Right. Um, um, yeah, I I will echo all those same sentiments. And listen, Star Wars is literally the biggest thing in the world. It's everywhere. It's at every, it every Walmart, every Kmart, every gas station, uh, everywhere. Kroger, mm-hmm. Publix. Yeah. It's hard to be an elitist about something that's that accessible. Yeah. Um, but there's nothing wrong with having expectations from these movies. I think, Jake, I'm going to use your word balance it's about finding a balance exactly yeah. um but we'll, we'll be talking about it a lot more uh as we go forward we got some really fun and exciting stuff coming up next year well next year it'll be next it year it will be next year. um this is our last episode of two th- of year two wow 2000- it is. Yeah, yeah yeah we need to
1: do like a retrospective or yeah so something.
0: Ne- next week we'll we'll probably be talking about the new year and the things we got coming up uh stay tuned for announcements on facebook Uh, We've got some really fun stuff coming up. And as of today, uh, Yes, Have Some podcast is now available on Spotify. So if you have Spotify, you can go and get our episodes and they make it really easy for you. Mm -hmm. You just type in the words, Yes, Have Some. Uh, If you search Ghostbusters, we're the first thing that comes up under podcasts. And uh, guys, we got a lot going on. Uh, I really appreciate all of our listeners for tuning in. I know we took a few extra days to digest all this stuff, but
1: let's... We gave you a few extra hours, so... We needed it.
3: We needed it. This
0: episode would have been a lot different if we were recorded the night of.
3: It wouldn't have been. Dude, I, that pillow I would
0: conversation.
1: not have been happy with it. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, would, Jake I would, would not have been, have like, been happy with well, it. Well, fucking hate. No, Jake <laughs> called me the other day and was like, dude, by the way, I'm done with Star Wars. I want to talk about Jurassic Park.
3: I was like, <laughs> yeah. dude, that's not. The, you know what? I, I I still kind of feel like that, but not because I'm like upset with Star Wars. i am just, like, we. You know i know we've hinted at it here and there but we do have like a star wars three-part episode that we're you know we're putting out mm-hmm. and we've i've just like feel like it has been nothing but star wars for months like deep into you know we're watching watching the original films multiple times like the three of us have had you know these like long hour hours long talks about star wars in the last couple of months we yeah. filmed it there's been this and then like coming out of it being a little disappointed about things. I was just like, you know what? I'm ready to kind of. James, I'm you not, miss Stephen King. I do. Like I miss, <laughs> I miss, you know what? Like Jurassic too, Park's coming back out. I want to get, I want to get excited about something. I just kind of want to like put Star Wars to number two for a little while. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I don't want to get rid of it. I don't want to put it away. I just want like, right. I want to be able to focus on d- a dinosaur or something. Yeah. I, I think was, we
0: all <laughs> feel that way, but I'm not going to lie. I've bought so many Star Wars toys this week. Hey,
3: Craig, listen. I just said all that, and I told you that the other day, but I also texted the two of you today about how pissed off I was that I went to my Best Buy, and they didn't have any fucking Porg on boards. (laughs) You got to get on board.
0: Yeah, you should have walked up to the front and been like, yo, Best Buy, y'all need to get on board with Porgs. (laughs) Okay. Um, Uh, Well, cool. Listen, we won't go any further. Porgs are great. Better than Ewoks. Mm. all day long. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: puffins are cute too, but Porgs are better.
0: Puffins. And to my also, again, to my brother who did not realize that Porgs were a race of creatures. He
1: thought it was just one He thought one the name
0: character. was just Porg. Like one character named this,
3: Porg. I'm really intrigued by this Porg character. He yeah, seems like great. he's got a really... Uh...
0: I feel like he's like the new... Um, The new Max Rebo, god damn it, thank you. I was gonna say Jen Airso, okay, but uh, that makes no sense.
1: (laughs) All right, guys, did somebody brought up Max Rebo like having a Blues Brothers band remake movie of some sort? I was like, what What that sounds good. Uh, That's one of the 161 comments I read, so it was good.
0: I love it. for Jacob Walsh and Abigail Gardner, my name's Craig Goldberg. Thank you for checking out Yes, Have Some podcast. And here's the situation. If you're at a Best Buy and they don't have a port, tell them to get on board. Uh, we will see everybody next week. Happy New Year. Stay safe. We love you. Goodbye. Bye, guys.
1: We're on board.